All right. Ugh. Hi. Hey, Jay. What's up? Hello. Just gonna click on the KYT's face. All right, and that everything will be okay. What's happening? So, so tell us all about your pre-release experience. You're awesome. It seemed you're pretty happy because, like, I was I tweeted back at you when you know you clearly were finally got in to one of them, and uh, you owned. Yeah, we fucking owned. <laughs> Uh, I played Rakdos both days. And my first, my first, actually, I really like the format. I really like these little lunch boxes they give you. They got cards in there, cool dice. I think, like, one thing that they, like, totally blew is that they didn't have the guild symbol for the dice instead of Return to Ravnica. Yeah, Yeah, like, what a waste of. Like, it's such an easy thing to do. Fucking Watsy. Like, who knew that they would just fuck up the easiest thing on the planet? Are they all um, different colors, though? Yeah, they are. They're the, they're the guild colors. So, like, that's cool. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, you spent all this time and money to make five different dice and to dual-color them purposely in those ways. And then, like, you just couldn't put, like, the guild symbol there. Like, come on. Come on. That was actually really good. It was just made it easy, and you just played, and it was fun, and it was a pre-release, and everybody got the same chance, and blah blah blah. Stop making dirty faces, KYT. <laughs> over there, and uh, you know, like I don't know why everyone is complaining about that. Like mostly because they're like players that thought they should have done better. I'm imagining, and they got like blown out by like a well-timed Carnival Hell Steed, and they were like, hmm. or they picked Azorius because they're stupid, and they, you know, try like couldn't play their big Sphinx. And they're like, me, me, my rare cost a lot. Me. So shut the fuck up. Uh, so that I thought that was really cool and super plus. And also all the noobs. You don't go to a pre-release to like shark. No, sorry. You don't go to a pre-release to play like super serious like Dan Lanthier magic. You go to a pre-release to like shark noobs and be drunk and still win and have a fun time. So the noobs got to play their rare, and that was really <laughs> sweet for the noobs. They were all really happy about it. They were like, oh, man, Carnival Hill Steed and, like, this Sphinx something. Yeah. And then some, like, <laughs> Selesnia loser was like, this land sucks. And you're like, yeah, it does crush you. You play Selesnia. Gates. I got that ogre that's a 4-4 four, four if you have a gate. So And he's actually really good. He's aggressively costed. I got a Mizium Mortars. I got a Racto Shred Freak. What else did I get? I got mm, this Hell Hole Flailer guy. I got two of the Annihilating Fires, which is like a Lightning Bolt for three. Um, but if it hits a player, it like exiles them, which is really good. Uh, what else did I get? I got a Rakdos Rage Mutt. So like 3-3 three, three Lifelink Haste is actually really good. Um... I got an ultimate price. I got a Rick's Maddie Guild Mage. I got a Chaos Imps to finish off the game. And I got that fucking vampire. That guy's so good. He's like a 6-5. I don't know why he's a 6-5, but he's a 6-5 vampire for 6. And whenever, you're, whenever your creatures deal damage to a player, they put that many 1-1 counters on them, uh, which is interesting with Unleash. But it's also like you just fucking just rape. You just rape. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, like, it was really fun. It was really good. I played uh, Rack... I mean, like, my first match I played against this guy that had, like, the super high nut Azorius deck. 
uh, with all the detained guys, and he still lost, like because it's Azorius. And, uh, and then the next three matches that I played were all Rakdos mirrors, and I just crushed those guys. And then I went on Sunday, and I played Rakdos again, and my deck was even more crazy. I got five Rakdos Shred Freaks, which are... What's that again? Wow. They're the two, they're the two the one. Two, 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 uh, the two mana, two one unleash, right? No. They're the two mana, <laughs> two one haste. Oh, there you go. And so I got five of those guys. Uh, and like, so so those guys are common. So I got five of them. I was like, sweet, these are good. Uh, in my first pre-release on Friday, I got five of those stupid O4 guys for four. <laughs> that like pump. And I was like, oh, sweet. And like, I'd never played the format before. So I was like, okay, like, fucking... Just five walls, pretty good. Pretty good in this format. Ugh. So I cut all those. They're actually they're actually not bad. Not as bad as I thought they were. Um, but yeah, they I got sound match. bad. They're, they, they, I mean, like I don't even they, know what the card is, but they seem bad. They're just they're an O four, and then for two mana, you can um, give it plus two plus two. <laughs> um, so like they're really good against Rakdos because nothing that Rakdos has can attack into that. And so then, like, in the Rakdos mirror where the one guy played it against me, he played it and, like, blanked my board. And then, like, he so he could just sit there. And then when he was able to uh, street spasm my board away, he then started just, like, attacking for three activations and just cracking me for six, which is a fast enough clock when you're playing a Rakdos mirror, right? So they're not bad. But, I mean, you don't want fucking five of them. Ugh. Wait, do Ugh. they have Defender? No, 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 no. But it's like a, it's like an O four, okay. like for four, right? Like it's not. Okay, so it's reason. better than like I'm like thinking I'm comparing to like shit like Wildfire. Yeah, I know. It's, like it's not that. as good as Wildfire. Um, I got two ultimate prices, which are effectively just Doomblade. I got two launch parties, which I feel in a, in my super aggressive five five shred freak uh, Rakdos deck is good because my two ones just get just get outclassed. Um, what else do I have in my second deck? Another Rage Mutt. Another Guild Mage. Another Mizium Mortars. Oh, I got a Key Rune. Key Runes are good. Yeah. Explosive, explosive Impact is really good, too. I had two of them both days. I could only play one, but I almost should have just played two every time. They're so good. They're never dead card. And all the Guild Mages, super good. Super good. Nice. So how do you feel about the limited format as a whole? Like, Granted, it was a little bit slanted because it was sort of like predetermined... Uh, sealed almost well, sort of like in my first um in my first pre-release i i had a 20 card playable azorius deck so i splashed a couple of like like i don't know just guys in green or, or red or whatever i was like a, like for my 23rd card so like the, the thing that i found like a lot of people making the mistake is they would choose their guild and then they would open their packs and they would go like okay like i'm rakdos so like here's a red card here's a black card oh blue card that's fucking garbage oh green card no oh fucking artifacts that are shit um whereas like and i started doing that too and then i was about five cards deep and was like wait a minute this is just sealed uh, let me just rearrange this. And then I was—I almost played Azorius because I just had like six flyers. And flying wins limited a lot. Um, but yeah, so like it was fine. I think Rakdos is the best sealed deck unless you open um, the High Nut Selesnia because they have that land that's really good. And a lot of their cards are super aggressive. But I found like a lot of people that played that opted to play Selesnia, they just their decks just weren't good enough. Um, cause they had a, they would get a bunch of populate cards with no token producers or they wouldn't get any of the really good, like, uh, just three threes for three and stuff like that. And if they're playing against Rakdos, um, Rakdos has the highest number of 
common removal. So, like, all of my decks had, like, nine removal spells in them. Um, you know, so, like, you, like I can just clear the way and kill you. It's fun. <laughs> that seemed to be the feedback that I was receiving from a, a lot of people on Twitter, too, is that it just ended up being a ton of common removal in Rakdos, and that's why it was so powerful right out the gate. Yeah. Yeah, like, I went with my friend John, and he got, like, a Dreadbore, an ultimate price. Uh, we both got that Assassinate card for six that just kills anything. Um, we both got the Lava Axe. We both got the Bolt. I mean, I got, like, three Bolts. Um, I got an Electricry. I got Mizium Mortars. Like, I mean, Mizium Mortars, obviously, is not a common. But, like, when I have all these other cards already, uh, you know, Launch Party is a common. Um, Electricry is a common. The Bolt's a common. Uh that Dreadbore is a common. Like, these are all commons. Yeah. So I don't know what the draft format will be like. Uh, it'll be way different, I think. Um, I still think Azorius and the Detain manic- or, uh, mechanic are bad. Stop making faces. <laughs> are bad or, like, are bad, bad as in, yeah. like, they're tough bad. to deal with? Or bad as in, like, fucking no, don't play it? No, they're bad as in don't play them. Like, I mean, maybe in, like, a Bant, like, a, if you're drafting three colors or something. But, like, in my experience, playing like, watching all the Azorius players do really poorly, um... Like, in Limited, having that effect is really good. And, like, in Draft, right. it might be different because you might be able to draft, like, five Arresters, right? But really, they're just a 2-1 Fog. Like, just a 2-1, and then it Fogs, and then and then what? And then I just attack you and kill you with a 3-3. And you're like, oh, my 2-1 Chumps. Play an Arrester. Oh, my 2-1 Chumps. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just they just didn't end up being... They're not as fast as Rakdos, and they don't have as many Detain... Um, I guess functions as I have guys. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm still gonna play a guy. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as pacifism because pacifism does it for the whole game, right? Yeah, I feel so. like if you're gonna run that, like detain could have been abusive if it were one of those repeatable effects. Like if there was a lot of yeah. blink, you know, on the guys, it'd be fine. Like there's that four drop enchantment which lets you detain a permanent every turn. Yeah, like, like the guy that I played in the first round had that. He yeah. had that. He had double unsummon. Uh, he had two sphinxes, like he opened his rare and yeah. and got his rare. He had three arresters, and then he had like a bunch of other stuff, but it just didn't matter. Like he just he in the in the one game that he won, he curved out perfectly and got his detain enchantment and all of his detainers, and he still only won by two life. Wow! Like because I just play guys, I just play all these guys, all these guys, and then anytime <laughs> he anytime he plays a guy. <laughs> Look at them all. Look at them. look at all these cards. Look at them. Look at all these guys. Look at all the guys that are right in there. You got this guy. You got this guy. You got this guy. You got you got some guys over here. Oh, you got this over there. That's okay. Um, the 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 problem is like I have so much removal that like any of his guys they just don't stick right. So they play a detainer. It fogs him for a turn, and then he can never attack because I just kill his guy right. because I don't have to worry about blocking or combat damage yeah. ever. Right. So. I love this. This is like the most confident. Like you only played two events, and it's like the most confident I've seen you talk about magic since like the Battle of Cook days or something. <laughs> yeah, because before it was just like, oh, just, just played Elwer. <laughs> no, you're you're like, you M13 this. draft strategy? Like no, you don't have any M13 draft strategies. No, it tastes not that good because uh, two one guys. I'm like what? <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. We, me and John both had a good time. We went to this place called Trilogy Games, which is like big shout out to them. Uh, it was really fun. The guys that run it were awesome. Uh, and then like it was really funny. So we went in on Friday. We both picked Rakdos, and we just fucking crushed everybody. And uh, John's never done good at Magic 4. He's only been playing since Innistrad. 
So he's never gone 4-0 before and gotten packs and stuff. So he was really excited, right? And then we went back on Sunday, and they called us up again, and we're both like, yeah, Rakdos. And these guys go, he's picked Rakdos again. They just want to win. <laughs> like, no, you're right. We just we came to pick, like, Golgari and just fuck around. Yeah. Take, take my $25 and just... So is the moral of the story more more lunchboxes? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Mark Rosewater on his blog. I've been reading, I've been reading Mark Rosewater's blog uh, a lot because I'm bored at work. And um, <laughs> he said that the uh, the gate crash pre release is going to be the exact same format. Nice. I hope your boss watches this. Me too. <laughs> um, so that's really awesome. Uh, more lunch boxes. They were and they were perfect. Like you just, everyone was happy about them. There's no complaints. Like there was nothing wrong with them at all. Yeah, I think um, being able to play the pre-release card too, actually in your deck, yeah. is a nice intuitive change. And yeah, absolutely. Kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with five different ones. Yeah. Because uh, I actually was like, when they showed the five different playable or the five different cards, I was like, these all are shit. So now I don't know which guild to pick. And then I was going to go Azorius. We had talked about that, and we thought the yeah. chain was going to be super powerful and everything. And, uh, and then when I found out you could play your rare, uh, and I was like, okay, well, like the Rakdos rare, I think, is the best one besides the land. And then when I found out uh, basically everybody at the, at the employee pre-release that played Rakdos just went 5-0, I was like, yeah, I'll just play Rakdos. Problem solved. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting is the unleash mechanic. I thought the unleash mechanic was just play my guys, always unleash them, and kill you. <laughs> but as it turns out, sometimes that's fucking horrible. I mean, I went, I went eight zero. Uh, so, but sometimes I mean, you have to block. But sometimes you gotta block. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? No. <laughs> I still can't go over the fact that you were like. So it's not Dan Lanty serious, but you want to shark the noobs. <laughs> Isn't right. sharking noobs That's a right. serious you task? Shark the noobs. You gotta shark the noobs, but you can't. You can't be like. You can't be like intense and like. What are my plays? What do I? If you do this, I do this. If you do this, I do this. <laughs> like you can't. You're under his breath. You can't really. You can't do that. You just gotta have fun. And like there's this guy there that like he, he sometimes plays FNM at Phoenix and he's like like a super eager you know in Looney Tunes there's Frank, the big bulldog, and then there's that little yappy dog and it's like, Hey Frank, yeah, hey, hey Frank, yeah, we're gonna go get him, we're gonna get the cats, Frank, yeah, we're gonna get the cats, yeah, let's get the And like the Frank the big bulldog's just like walking around and he's just like, Holy fuck, somebody fucking kill this dog. Uh he's kinda like that a little bit. And so John sat down in the third round to play him, and I just like looked at John and I was like, "Fucking crush this kid!" And he was like, "Hey, why are you always mean to me?" I was like, "I'm not mean to you." And then he's like, "Well, oh god, Jay just hates me." He looks at John and he starts talking about me to John, right? And he's like, "Ah, oh, Jay's just saying that because he hates me." And John's like, "That's not very nice. He probably doesn't hate you. He just probably just wants you to lose." And then and then, and then we're shuffling up. My opponent mulls. And then I look over, and this kid's all sad-faced. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, oh, already lost the match. I'm like, oh. John fucking crushed you. <laughs> um, and then he got kind of mad. So that was fine. It was, fine. It was a good time. It was a good time. Play Rakdos. You're playing sealed? Play Rakdos. People in GP San Jose? That's a little bit different. You don't get a lunchbox. <laughs> Probably you just play your best deck. Play your best deck. 
But if you got lunch boxes going around, you play fucking play Rakdos. Rakdos is the best. Fucking the daka 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 daka. And is it sucks? Is it is the worst? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Because I mean, they want to try to play all of these like cheap little value spells, but all the guys suck yeah. balls too, right? Yeah, and like and like, oh sweet, you opened like a fucking that is it wave. That thing oh my god, epic the... experiment! Yeah, oh, you, look you at opened... me. Oh wait, yeah. I'm dead to Rakdos on turn yeah. four. And like, same with that stupid thing that's like you do two damage every time you play a multicolored spell. Yeah. But it never happens because all of your multicolored spells you've already played so that you didn't die to get to turn five to play this shit enchantment. You know, I mean, like some of the some of the is it cards are good, obviously. Like, uh, like I had a Mizium Mortarths. That's not a Rakdos card, uh, Jay. That's an is it card. Uh. Yeah, shut the fuck up. It's just a red card that just rasps them. <laughs> just rasps them. Uh. Uh, and uh, Street Spasm. John got two of those. That's an amazing card. It's pretty good. So, you know, play Rakdos. All right. All right. Nice. Like Sneak Keeper Ditch. Let's just random. Sure. Random Rakdos Sneak Keeper Ditch. Let's fucking. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All You're right. going to show him show to the camera, too. Let's, let's make use of this medium properly. Okay. So we've got a mountain and a swamp. Yeah. Let's throw those out. And then we've got this. Shred Freak. Yeah. Foil. Foil. <laughs> it's going in the cube. And then we've got this. It is going in the cube, actually. Did I freeze? Yeah. Looks like my camera froze. Oop. There you go. Oop. 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 <laughs> and then we got this card. Early removal if we need it. And nice. or board wipe later. Nice. We got this card. Oh. Some more common removal. <laughs> oh, and then we've got this card. That's oh, the Shred Freak. Another Shred Freak. And then if we draw a mountain on turn two, we're fucking golden. Now we've got this guy, and you're in the fucking dirt. So just a summation. We have one, two, three, four. We have five two drops in our hand. And two land. And two land. And uh, two of those cards are removal, and three of them are hasty two-twos. Man, what a hard... Easy game. Easy game. This is like Asian poker in a Whoa. native casino. <laughs> Easy game. So nice. how, was your, how was your pre-release weekend, my bros? Where's Mike? Michael okay. Florence? We haven't <laughs> introed him. Uh... Yes. Yeah, this is still electronically lurking. Oh man, I bet he's just raging at all the dumb shit I'm saying. <laughs> so let's see if he, if I perma muted him. <laughs> I'm like, man, some of these some of these Selesnia cards are really good. Like in draft, I think Selesnia will be really powerful. Oh, I, I like, think so. Right? I think it'll be I think it'll be overdrafted. Like it'll almost be like poison in the beginning of um, who's my house in there? Scars, yeah. Scars, where like everybody just drafted it, and then everybody just ended up with a shitty deck. Well, I think so long as you're not in, is it? You're probably going to be okay. Yeah, probably. So, Mike, are you there, sir? <laughs> Maybe I didn't mute him to death. No, there he is. Uh, oh, yes. Sensei Mike in his underwear. That's why he's in the black screen. <laughs> What's this, like, uh, cameras and stuff? <laughs> We're trying to next level this. 
Mike, this we're... isn't really a podcast anymore. Now it's like a, a weird Felicia Day television show, <laughs> but with no beautiful model. I don't know who Felicia Day is. <laughs> uh oh. We uh, we're, we're taking the concept of technology and and we're applying it to you know the whole magic media. Well, you, you know, just just like you initially you know you, revolutionized you want, magic. Sorry. You understand that technology is just a different way of doing things, right? Oh, no. Which is exactly what we're doing. Like you can you can be like you know I I took this metal bronze. <laughs> He's just straight up gonna, gonna shut us down. I'm gonna make. A sword out of it. It's awesome. I have this bronze sword. It's awesome. Like, you know, if you're fighting against a guy with a club, yeah, bronze pretty good. But if someone else is like, oh, that's that's cool, bronze sword. I've got an iron sword. You know, you don't last too long. Oh. Okay. So uh, so this is this is like bringing an atomic bomb to a gunfight, though. Like this is this is where it's at. Is it? I mean, it is. Yep. This is a we, podcast still. <laughs> it will be yeah. once we uh, we 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 take the audio down and separate it, and KYT does a pretty good job of that, and we post it as a podcast as well. Oh, oh and so we're live streaming right now on YouTube. Oh, so so what you do is you actually extract the audio from it, and make it into a podcast, mm-hmm. as well as oh, provide links. Okay. We do both, yeah. Oh, that's cool. We like to provide all things for all people because we recognize that some people like yourself sit at the desk and can't watch stuff. So the uh, um, what do you call it? Like there, like a YouTube video also commemorates this. Is that correct? So? Yes. When you when you see the link to this on Monday, <clears throat> maybe Tuesday. I don't know if KYT actually you know takes our our Canadian holidays seriously, but uh, anyway. So so you'll see not only the YouTube links for the videos afterwards, but you'll also see a download link to the podcast. Oh, okay, that's cool. So actually, you're you've got like a. Not so much an atomic bomb or a bronze sword. More of like a Swiss army knife. Sure, I'll take that. So you can do everything from... A giant You one. know, unscrew the top of a bottle to, you know, eat some canned tuna. Yeah, Not sure. very good at killing a man, but, you know... <laughs> not, every, not every tool is for every job. Death of a thousand pricks. Um, yeah, so what's going on? How's Canada? There's no, there's no Americans on this, just me? Just you. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Where's Smitty? We, we, he's never here anymore. No, he's never here anymore. There's no Smitty anymore. And we listened to the masses, and we decided to implement the Les Medina request this episode to see if it made everybody happy. Really? I, you know, I've actually listened to, like, his interview he did with Todd Anderson on, mm-hmm. on Legit, and then, you know, previously he did one with, uh... Chris Mansfield, I actually love Medina's like solo podcast. I think he's he's awesome at that job. Personally, I really like it. Mm, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Is, it's good. Yeah. Is there a reason why specifically? He's I, he sounds he's just so sober. Like and, you know, I'm like <laughs> I'm not not that he sounds like a drunken idiot or whatever, right? But like he's just really sober and like he just extracts these like you know great testimony from somewhat controversial people that he's talking to in his. This podcast, I actually I find it to be wonderful. I really, really enjoy it. It's it's among my favorite stuff to listen to. You know, like other people who are really sober, like Joey Pasco's really sober, right? You know, like you listen to him and, and and he has a certain way about him, his passion comes out and his love of the game and so forth. But 
he doesn't touch anything dangerous, you know, versus like Medina coming out and interviewing Todd right after there was Twitter controversy. I mean, obviously Todd did awesome. You know, I, I actually messaged him myself. I'm like, I think he's taken too much heat for something that he said, probably who cares? You know, he just had an awesome day and whatever, a hundred people want to jump on you. you know? <laughs> what happened? I don't even remember what happened. Allegedly, he said, I mean, I didn't see it live, but allegedly he said something like winning the Star City Invitational oh, is harder winning a pro tour or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then everyone so, was like, <laughs> I mean, like, Hayne said something pretty funny. And I mean, I just looked at Hayne's top eight. I'm like, well, Hayne just won the most recent pro tour, like, legit pro tour, right? Yeah, like, right. Not like a pro tour that has 10 people in it. Um, and, like, you know, I don't think Todd beat anybody who's as good as Go Dennis or, you know, John Finkel in his, <laughs> in his top eight. So, like, well, I, I would take Go Dennis and John Finkel against all 16 rounds that Todd won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, Hayden had the comment. I think he said something like, well, uh, you know, according to Todd, I've been, you know, I've been playing on the wrong tournament circuit or yes. something. Like, <laughs> When I say that, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to rag on Todd. I, like I said yeah. before, you know, everybody says stuff that they wish they could take back a minute later. And it, maybe it's not true that that um, it's harder than winning a pro tour, but I don't think that that should diminish his accomplishment or anything like that. And but people take stuff too seriously and too literally a lot of the time. Most of us are just spitballing. You know, like when you hit somebody with a, a Bane fire for six, you didn't really do infinite damage to them, right? Like... <laughs> I just did infinite damage to you. Well, no, you didn't. <laughs> Even if you had like a loop in magic that, that actually does infinite damage, you actually have to stop. And at some point, like, well, you can only, I only gained a trillion life, you know, something like that. You know, no one actually gains infinite life. So, you know, you say something like that, you know, no one should really take it 100% seriously. You know, we're just, just gamers having a good time, shuffling cardboard, loving life. I just love some of the responses. Like, Chapin had two of my favorite tweets during the whole thing. My high school football games were tougher than the Super Bowl. Only reason I never won a Super Bowl is that it favors teams in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I, like I said, I, I, I don't agree with a lot of stuff Todd said, but, again, I, don't, I, don't, I think that a lot of the ragging that was going on with him is unwarranted, and, and I think probably more than a little bit of it is – you know, we hate it when our friends become successful, like the old Smith song. You know, like Todd had this great day, and seven billion people on the earth had a worse day than him in terms of playing Magic Gathering that day. Right. Uh, and you know, so Mike, uh, what have you been up to? It's been a while since we talked. I don't know. You've been like busy. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no more busy than usual, I'd say. It's about the same. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had a book come out last month. I was like, hey, can I be on your podcast? And, like, KYC's like, I'll oh, get no. back to you in, like, a month. I'm, I'm always the guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Yeah, we're... Uh, kind we're of just, a big deal, bro. We're just not recording right now. That's just how it is. And then, like, I see, like, Medina's like, I never thought I'd see the day. Oh, yeah. Flores would be on the Horde of Notions and not on our podcast. <laughs> oh, you never thought you'd see that day, huh? That was a good time on Horde of Notions. It'll yeah, be a good that time was good. Tonight. 
Scott was, and I listened you know to it. It was a good episode. Yeah, yeah I like, listened to it. And uh, it it made me buy your book, Mike. Like, I was going to wait, you know, get some sample chapters from you when we were going to have you on and talk about it. I and, sent you, you know, like eight sample chapters. No, you sent KYT <laughs> chapters. I didn't get shit from you. I didn't get shit. KYT didn't even share it with us. He's just like hoarding your book. I don't know. KYC's hoarding the sample chapters. He has like a comp copy of the book. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking dick. Anyways, so we, uh, you know what? You know what? It's fine. I listened to you, and, and there was uh, a lot of things that you were saying in the beginning. And truthfully, you know what? It was why I enjoyed it so much. It was probably the most down to earth. Like, it, after after listening to the first few chapters of the OMG at this point, your experience on that show was almost identical to listening to you in the book. And that kind of came across as you were communicating. Oh, you haven't um, gotten to chapter 30 yet, right? No, I haven't gotten that far. No, yeah. I'm, I'm that, literally that's like about manipulating large groups of people. Okay. I start, I start. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely haven't gotten to that one yet. I, uh, I, start number, I start number four tomorrow. Like I doubled up day one and two. Um, cause one's just an introduction and I had a long drive, so it was fine. I got in all my smiling that day and, uh, it's, it's sticking. I don't know if you're watching this, like it's sticking. It's terrible. Your life um, feels better, doesn't it, Scotty? You know what? It does. Your life actually feels better. Four days life, into the UMD. Life has been better these last couple of days, Mike. I'm not going to lie to you. It's yeah. messed up. And I don't know it's whether not it's not messed up, dude. Your I don't know whether just it's better. like, I don't know whether it's your life changing, you know, approach to things or whether it's the insane quantities of taurine I'm taking. I don't know what it is, but you know, it's fine. Which is how much are you taking? Whatever it says in the bottle, people are like, what do you do? Like, I'm like a pharmacist or something. I'm yeah. not, dude. No. Like, I talked to a dude who worked at DARPA, and I saw Johnny drinking some Red Bulls, and I won so I won a little bit more at Magic Gathering. It seemed like it made sense to me. Yeah, and that's basically where I'm at, right? Like, so it's it's uh it's been good. I I feel I feel a lot better. But anyways, the show was great. And you were really good in it, and it was like I said, it was it was how you came across as so like level, and and it was so unlike a lot of the experiences that we've had with you on our shows. <laughs> and it was it, you talk about the so ring experience, and it's the best way I can liken, um, you know, you on that show. So it was it was really sweet, and I, I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty good. Thanks, I appreciate that. But more importantly. You super like the book, right? It's good. Good book. So far, yeah. So yeah. far, so far, so good. I feel like I'm I'm listening to it when I'm driving, and because that's like I mean I'm in outbound sales, so like that's the time is when I'm on windshield time, right? That's when I have the opportunity to to really listen to it and get into it. And I find that my peripheral exercises are hilarious <laughs> because I'm in traffic and I'm sitting there and I've got this big dumb grin on my face, <laughs> right? And I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, so I'm like seriously, like I'm rocking back and forth, and I'm like, ee. anyways, while I'm driving. So people give me funny looks, but that's okay because I can see these people giving me funny looks without looking at them. But like, so it's not, like, it's not just like your life is getting better; like you're actually getting better at things, right? You notice that, right? Like your actual aptitude in your everyday tasks has increased. Yes. Last night was a key example of that. Yeah, like. Uh, I think that that's something that's I, – I tried to build it into the, the thing, and people are like, oh, man, I finished it. I'm like, you couldn't have finished it, dude. You had it for like 10 days. And yeah. like, oh, I couldn't stop. I'm like, if you couldn't stop, it means you weren't doing the homework. You know, yeah. like – and I mean, 
I'd say like I don't want to like brags or whatever, but obviously I'm just gonna brags. The like every single thing that anyone like everyone who's like bought it's like messaged me on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like, wow, this just looks so awesome. It's like so different than every other kind of magic writing. That's kind of the idea. Um, so uh, I'm glad you like it. Thanks for thirty seven dollars. Uh, you know gonna, what though? Listen, go buy some like, shoes. Next yeah. time, next time you put this out, yeah. you can just like send me a copy and then a receipt without the Star City Games cut, right? Like we can just do this on the side. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, I don't think. Have you told us the story? Like, I like I said, I'm only on like number four or day four. Yeah. I think starts tomorrow. Have you told us the story yet about why it's thirty-seven dollars? Like you, you, you indicated that you and Pete had a big fight about that price in particular. Is there a reason for that? Like, did you want thirty out of it and Pete wanted seven bucks? Like, uh, first of all, if I were keeping thirty out of it, I'd be a lot happier. But that's the, <laughs> uh, but no, no, that's the that's not that's not the thing. I just wanted to. Uh, um, there's like complicating complicated pricing models and not in in um online marketing and i felt like 37 was the best price that that i could pick yeah so i mean just think about it like this 37 is a little steep right a little steep for what you get would you agree you purchased it a little well, steep okay so for the average magic dirtle it's probably a little bit more a steep. little steep yeah having sure. bought it now it's easily you've only listened to four chapters right yeah it's easily worth more than thirty-seven to you already. You've only listened to four chapters. Thirty-seven dollars ain't a lot of money. No, agree. It's like so, okay. then why can't hold you on. buy an ID hold to vote? Hold on a minute. Okay, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> yeah, go so Jay. No, no. My, I'm, I'm, my, I'm, my initial thought here would be that like the right number, ideally, is like twenty-five bucks. You want to make it? A, you, hold on. You want to make it? Just, just, just yeah. bear with me a second. I got some logic. I'm not just throwing it out there. So the thought is. Is that in order to make it more accessible, you know, to to the general public, I would think that the number is twenty five bucks. It just seems to be a nice round number. People can afford to go to a pre release. For the cost of a pre release, you can do X, right? You let take me, a look let me, at let's take a step back for a second. Okay. Let's take a step back. Okay. Twenty five bucks is about twelve dollars less than thirty seven bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, but let me finish. No, let me yeah. finish because I'm totally going there. <laughs> okay. So, so after listening to the first few episodes, it's worth the extra twelve bucks. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, so that, that's my point, right? Like, so, here's my point. Okay. Twenty-five bucks is about twelve dollars less than thirty-seven bucks, right? Yep. Yep. About twelve dollars less. Okay. Twelve dollars is about half of twenty-five bucks, right? Yep. Okay. So, you want to make it more accessible. You think that by lowering the price, it's more accessible? If I charge $25 for it, we'd be having the same conversation. Be like, you know, for the average Magic Turtle, $25 is a little steep for this. <laughs> that's a conversation we'd be having. I disagree. I, I don't but that's know. That's fine. But that, I, no, you wouldn't the, have that the, conversation uh, with me. But oh. you'd likely have that conversation I mean, with someone else. I'd have, I'd have conversation. Somebody else would have, would have like, the same sort of idea. And the reality is, would sales go up a little bit at $25 versus $37? Yes, they probably would. That's how pricing works, right? Would they go up 50%, which right. is what you're to asking cover, me for? To cover the margin. I get You'd you. be freaking crazy they would. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay? So, I mean, like, uh, just do the math, you know? Like the, um, and, you know, the uh, it's a... 
and it's it's like a pretty unique thing. And you know, we Pete and I came, Pete actually came came out of it. And he's like, you know, this is a unique product. Star City wants to stand behind it. It's obviously awesome. Everyone likes it. You know, we can charge what we want. And if you know people who don't want to pay thirty seven dollars, I don't think they would want to pay twenty five dollars either. So I mean, that's that's, that's Jay over there. Yeah. yeah, fuck those people. Yeah. So, what? Yeah. I mean, you were one of them. So well, you know, I would, if I was Mike Flores, and it was like, man, like this Jay guy says that your book's not worth twenty five dollars, I'd be like, well, fuck that guy. I mean, it's not my book is worth, and like it's my book, it's worth twenty five dollars. I think it's worth more than twenty five dollars. There you Scott, who's the Suck only person in, in this conversation who's actually paid the money for the book right now, will tell you it's worth as much as he paid for it. Yep. And the thing is, like, he's four chapters in out of 30. He hasn't even gotten to the Patrick Chapin interview. Like, like the, there's a John Finkel interview. How many interviews has John Finkel given a year? Two? Like, is it even good? <laughs> actually, from, if you read the quote that John puts up i think you might like it because he basically goes on to say the best part of this book is probably the interview uh you know my interview because i get the opportunity to tell you why most of the stuff that mike has said is probably wrong so there's people who are going to really love a Mike, and they'll buy the book because of me and there's people who are like oh man sick birds from finkel i'm totally buying this just for that <laughs> Think I wasn't thinking about that, Scotty Mac? Hey, come on, come is on, that bro. Is that chapter thirty-one? You're going to ship me later on the side, or what? Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> all reality. How about we focus on some of the other the other quotes? You know, like, hey, I talked to Mike once, and I got all of my dreams came true. Like, <laughs> half of them basically say that. Yeah. Toward champions of people who have awesome jobs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Fine no, it's it, really it's good. a it's a good product. You know what? And and if from what I've heard so far, uh, I'm really excited to get through the rest of it. And so, you know, awesome job and thank you. So, uh, Lauren Lee likes Chapter Thirty the best, which is the last one. All right. Um. So, Chapter Thirty plug. Lauren Lee plug. Lauren was the primary editor of the book. Yeah. But yeah, it, you know, I just pretty much two years of my life, man. <laughs> So did you did you like write the entire thing first, have it edited, and then basically just go through and record yourself reading so it? I took a few months off last year to just work on this, and then I actually wrote the bulk of it in like the first three months of last year. Then I like got a really good job offer. So I kind of have to have this job offer, and then um, I kind of finished it over the course of the next. Um, I don't know. I think I finished it by. I finished the first draft by like August of last year. So uh, this is a funny, kind of funny story. So like I was kind of like dragging out. I had like one or two chapters that I hadn't finished. And um, there's just like, I don't, I don't know if you, you've ever done you know, like kind of long and, and arduous uh, projects. I don't know. But, I, yeah. I come here every week, but aside from that. <laughs> so I mean, it's like, it's just, it just wasn't finishing, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, um, so I, I went to a seminar in, California, and I, you know what? I'm just gonna like write a set of goals for myself to finish. There's like stuff about goal setting and stuff in in the OMG, and one of the, I'm just gonna write down these goals. And one of the goals was like, I'm gonna finish my freaking book. I'm, I'm like 99% done with this book. I need to finish this book. And then like this weekend goes by that I'm, I'm going to the seminar, and it's still not done. And then I'm just like, well. So then a hurricane hits. It's a hurricane supposed to hit Florida. But it comes up the East Coast and closes down the airports in, uh, in like, New Jersey and New York. 
I'm like, did God just send me a hurricane so that I would be stuck in the West Coast, have an extra day to finish my book? I mean, you don't have to believe in God or whatever, but it's kind of a funny thing to say. You know, I was just like, I can't believe this. I got, I got a hurricane sent to me. To, then I finished my book more or less. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, we edited chapters over the course of the next few months. And then, you know, recording it actually took a fair amount of time. Uh, so, yeah. uh, and then back and forth doing um, extra interviews and so forth. So that was that. Awesome. And so now it's available for mass consumption. Uh, so you picked uh, a very select few people to kind of be control group. So what was it about each person that you selected that made you want to select them? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't anything like conspiratorial or anything. It was just kind of like uh, I just wanted to bounce some stuff off some of my friends. Yeah, there was more more that than anything else. Um Nothing, nothing too secret. It's all this thumbs up and showing each other stuff. It's <laughs> a freaking playground. I don't understand this. Like, yeah, I guess I don't know about your Swiss Army knife technologies. Is there a survival of the fittest in play? I'm discarding a basking root waller right now. What am I supposed to look for? Is, fauna, is KYT a fauna shaman? Is he looking for a creature right now? What the? Anywho, yeah, so there's nothing super, I mean, you know, just, you know, if you're going to do something in your life, Scotty, bounce yourself off your friends, right? Yeah, just not pick here. certain ones who I thought might be interested, it's more or less. Yeah, Joey Pasco actually came up with the name, um, so I don't remember what I was going to call it, but he's just like, what if you called it the official Miser's Guide, then it could be like OMG, and I was just like, oh, OMG, Joey Pasco. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so that was tight. Nice. So uh, what do you feel is uh, the most valuable chapter for the average person? Like, obviously, Lauren loves number 30. 22. 22? Hands down. Yeah, I'm excited. The uh, the section on emotional control in particular, I made a comment on Twitter how it's going to be extremely relevant. I have all my in-laws coming in, and I have to cook a dinner in my kitchen. And it, dinner for me is a like an OCD-style event, you know, like Sergeant Major down to the minute, you know, making sure everything's good. But, I mean, like I take my cooking pretty seriously. As I'm, you know, being friends with BDM, I'm sure you totally get that. So um, I will tell you this. Uh I think the, the first burst of the emotional control homeworks and stuff finishes around like chapter seven or eight. Yeah. When Joey got to that chapter, he was like, Oh my God, WTF. I never saw that coming. Wow. Except why it's pretty awesome. <laughs> KYT didn't share you the relevant chapters. Cause I gave them to you like months ago. He's a jackass. <laughs> You know what? Did you even listen to them to yourself? Did no. you board them to yourself? No, nope. didn't. didn't. No, nope. he just no, nope. he just put them away and tucked them away and didn't do shit with it. What a no. cunt! Why do you guys cunt. Share, swear so much? Don't you want kids to be able to listen to your podcast? No, fuck your kids. I don't care about kids. <laughs> I don't give any shits about any kids. Also, right now it's not my podcast. It's just the oh no, Mike here we go. Flores, OMG advertisement. Let let it go. 
Let it just all the, out. I did. I'm just saying it's just the infomercial time. So kids don't like infomercials, man. You gotta, they do, actually. I loved infomercials when I was a kid. Me too. Wait up and just watch everything. the Snack Master. And Amazing discoveries. Oh, my God. There was such a, like, I, I didn't have a hair loss problem. But if I did, there was all kinds of spray you could put on your head. My goodness, now they've got they've got creams today that's like uh, you know a tummy tuck in a bottle. Especially if you you know what there's a bunch of other creams if you read your your junk mail filter too. There's a bunch of other creams if you read your junk mail filter. Yeah, but just FYI, Jay, kids yes. love infomercials. They love oh. them. Well, I didn't like infomercials, and I don't want—I don't care about your kids on this goddamn show. <laughs> to answer your question. Oh God. So yes. I guess I... Also, what's wrong with swearing? Why can't kids swear? <laughs> Just a word. And like, if I say frick, you know I mean fuck. If I say crap, you know I mean shit. Who cares? I, I really don't think that saying crap is serious. <sighs> Shit. Like, it is. It absolutely is. It's the same. It's not. It is. I mean, frick, I can kind of see it. You're just kind of like a weakling if you run a frick. But you know what's even better than that? Like, like just not whiz. getting in that situation. Whiz. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have accidentally stubbed my toe. Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fudge. You just pull a Flanders all day. Yeah. That's how my girlfriend talks, actually. <laughs> She's really pretty, though, so it's okay. <laughs> I mean, like, do you ever see this special that has, like, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, and, uh... Whoa, sounds like something I need to see. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, it yeah, it's, really it's actually awesome. It's like this... I, I want to do something, like, someday with, like, maybe some deck designers just kind of, like, model on the same thing. It's just, like, these four awesome comics spitballing about what they do for a living. It's pretty funny, you know? Like, Chris Rock's like, yeah, I don't have YouTube? Seinfeld. No, you can find it on HBO Go if you've got. Ah, oh, damn it! Canada doesn't have that. So, um, Fuck. And it's it's, Fuck. it's I mean, fudge. It's this amazing roundtable, you know, and these guys are just like four guys at the top of their game, and talking about, you know, what they do. Like Louis C.K. like jettisons his whole show every year, and he like drops the bottom ten yeah. percent every single time until he just gets like completely new stuff over and over again. And one of the things they talk about is, you know, swearing or not. You know, some of those guys like to swear, and Jerry doesn't swear. And and they're like, well, why don't you swear, Jerry? He's like, you know, I swore early in my career. And then I realized that if you're just swearing and you just take it away, you're just like nothing. You're just not – where's the skill in this? I can say, like, a bad word, and then I can get a cheap laugh. And then I was just like, wow. You just kind of put the other three guys in their place. And at the same time, you know, he's wildly more successful as a comic than – than any of the rest of them. He's, like, so skilled. And and people will watch his stupid taking coffee in a car show now that's on Yahoo. <laughs> it's, like, for any any shred <laughs> of being with, the, with, with, with Jerry Seinfeld, like, watching his stupid animated B movie, you know? <laughs> and, you know, like, he's a... Chris Rock was in Madagascar three times. <laughs> uh, he was. Wildly successful movie, the guy yeah. swears. Yeah, I mean, but not in that insane. movie. Insane. Yeah. No, I mean, I, Madagascar is pretty successful. I mean, I don't think you could remotely compare the careers of Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld. 
It's like no, the, I'm the just fight, comparing the movies, zeros. the two movies. It's like a couple of zeros like between those yeah. two guys. Yeah. I, uh, I absolutely can't stand Jerry Seinfeld. I, I was not a Seinfeld watcher. No, me neither. No. Well, I like that show. Close. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate cerebral humor. I just didn't like Seinfeld. Did you like Frasier? Uh, Frasier was okay, but again, a little dry. Um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have my my humor dry, I like it dry and British. Probably the best way to put it. Fra- Frasier just won way too many writing awards for you. <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, it's just uh, this is just too high of quality. I can, I can get that, you know. You don't you don't want to have good stuff every day. It's just gonna spoil you for the rest of your life. You know, you just can't can't have life be too good. You're just gonna you're just gonna hit too hard when you when reality comes back. Yeah. Oh God. So we have a, a bunch of comments as well that we should probably address here real quick. Sweet, Rocket. Um, let's see. How do you know there's comments? Where are they appearing? Oh, on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Swiss Army knife, man. So Jeremy, it's too complicated. Jeremy, Jeremy, Schofield, Jeremy Schofield, who was on our it's show. Schofield. 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 He was on our show and uh, placed uh, second at a GP after Vancouver. Like, at Vancouver, Vancouver, going like unreal, 18-0. silly 18-0. He says he's loving your book on day six. Oh, I appreciate that. He Thank also you. says that his Sunday mornings were back-to-back amazing discoveries. So, like it. His, who? Amazing who discoveries. It was like an infomercial show. It was awesome. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. So I mean, that guy's old. I don't know if you guys have ever met him because uh, we didn't. We weren't doing the sweet Swiss Army knife hangouts when Schoolfield <laughs> was on. Uh, that guy's also old. Yeah. So, so uh, maybe it's a generation thing. I don't know. Jay, apparently the great Dazad and Kyle Weavers yeah. want to want you to talk about how awesome your cube is. I don't know who the great Dazad is. Who's that? Me neither. All right, what's up, Dazad? Uh, my cube's pretty sweet. So That's you should it. play it. That's, <laughs> That's it? That, that was awesome. I'm going to come back to you again. Every time I try to talk about my cube, everyone's just like, don't talk about your stupid cube. Well, we just got requests for it. So talk about your stupid cube. How do you how do you talk about a cube? I, I still haven't gone into to cubing. I, You'd be I bad. At it. You wouldn't like it. Why not? Because I'm Asian. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> hey, like, everyone likes cube, dude. Is that why you wouldn't like? Do you like cube, Mike? I mean, I I only played it once on Magic Online. I, it was just like hell of fun. Like also, Brian Schneider was coming to town and. We were going to play Cube at Johnny's and stuff, and I'd never played Cube, so I did, like, one draft, and it was awesome. Um, but I, I think right. that the the age of having your own Cube is kind of in the past. Like, Cube is a real format now. Like, why would you play anything other than the official Cube? Right? There's the no official prep Cube sucks. Well, mostly because the <laughs> oh, yeah. official Cube is, like, two-thirds standard, isn't it? Like... Yeah. yeah, but the official Cube – I mean, first of all, how can it suck? It's, like, the most wildly popular thing at every level of the game from, like, the – most seasoned pros to like the dirtiest noobs like love it like you know they're covered in honey mustard and <laughs> Nutella at the same time. Uh, I mean, I, it can't suck too bad. You know, <laughs> you go look on Facebook and every single person who's worth hearing about in Magic is like, "Yes, Cube is back." <laughs> All say the same thing, and tech, it's like actually a legit format. It's just like 
um, you know, you have modern PTQs coming up or whatever. So, but yeah, you know what's really fun to play? Ice Age Alliances. <laughs> that was a sweet format in 1995. Yeah, just, yeah. That was a sweet format. I played like one event. I won it. First PTQ. We high five. Nice. But I'm just saying, you know, like there's a relevant format. Isn't that what people, you know, really want to play? That's true. Yeah. But, I also uh, don't net deck my EDH decks. You also what? I said I also don't net deck my EDH decks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there are cube purists out there that believe that you know the cube is and should be a a work of love. You know, it it's a it's personal. It's so it's, fun. It's the choices that they make and the archetypes that they yeah. feel they want to enable. You know, by the card yeah. selection. KYT, you emo bastard. What are you doing? He's, so, a, he's interpretive dance. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, carry on. <laughs> JJ, how, how, you know, how is your cube? It's pretty fun. We, play it like, we play it like three times a week. Wow. It's good. It's fun. I don't, I don't know if you'd like it. Like when you, if you've never played cube before, playing cube is sometimes overwhelming because like, you, you're not used to seeing a pack with like 10 rares in it. Right, and then right. Having to like make that decision, uh, so like that's a little bit difficult. But like, um, it's really fun. Like, lots of people. Me and Kyle played it for the first time last night. We played. Uh, we like two people bailed, so we could only play with four. So we just did two at a giant, and all four decks are really awesome. And all like all four people had a really great time. Uh, the the thing that's really fun about Cube is that like, there's no, there's almost no like bad decks. You know what I'm saying? KOT, what are you looking at over there? A bug? What is, what's going on? Oh, someone in my house is vacuuming. Ma'am! <laughs> Ma'am! Ma'am, stop vacuuming! Um, yeah, there's there's almost no bad decks. Like, you know, even if you just draft stuff and put it together, like, you can still play. So, uh, so that's, you know, that's a good time. Like, it's never it's never boring. It's never bad. No one, you know. Like, you pointed out a reason why. Like, I have cubed a few times, and I do enjoy it somewhat. I just don't, like, go out of my way to, to like, play three times a week. And... Like my first experience was like something you talked about, where I open the pack and like all the cards are good, and I'm just stuck there. I just can't yeah. really decide which card to take. And some people was like, "Oh, you take this because there's a really sick X Y Z or whatever, right?" Yeah. Right, right. So, and like that's the thing. Like so with like with I I used to hate Cube until I uh, built my own, right? And I think it's almost because it's almost like cheating. Like I got to build my own so that I know what the archetypes are and stuff. But uh, Cube's really difficult for people that ha- haven't played Magic for 15 years, right? Like, we already talked about how, like, the whole upheaval discussion and, like, how cards like Ankh of Mishra, people don't understand how those are good in Red Deck wins and stuff like that, right? So building my own Cube has helped that a lot. But, yeah, like, sometimes you open a pack, and it's pack one, pick one, and you have, like, Grizzlebrand and, like, Elspeth and then, like, a Sword. Maybe that's a bad example, actually. But, like, and you're like, oh, I don't know what I should try to force here is like because like the reanimator decks are really good and it's always been played every time we cube and it's always really good but this sword can go in any deck and like <laughs> elspeth also just crushes everyone and like you know what i mean so so yeah but it's fun and we had a really great time uh what else is good about my cube um i'm trying to get like i want to get all the guild mages all the battle mages every textless card um i almost have every textless card what else so- when are you starting most... the blog? <laughs> yeah. When am I starting the blog? Yeah. 
And I get like motivated to write about it. Writing is Do so, it. It's so garbage. I don't want to sit there and like just write and then have somebody read it and be like, "This was fucking stupid." And I'll be like, <laughs> "Pay me thirty-seven dollars for that." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Jay, like everything in life is just about value creation and value extraction. Like yeah. it's just like. Like, you produce something of high value, you can charge a high price for it. If you produce something of no value, of course no one's going to give you $37 for that. Yeah, that's, and that's what I mean. Like, I mean like, that's, I'm sure that my blog isn't going to be worth any value. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the, the cube, first Cube experience that I had was actually at, uh, it was at GPDC in 2010. Um, and I was actually Cubing with uh, Thomas Dodd and his crew, Amistad. And, so every uh, story you have comes back wow. to that JP in 2000. Dude, that GP. <laughs> every single one is listen, that. Like, so that good, no, seriously, that GP, that GP literally like told me that I was in the right place. Like yeah, I like, had more was your fun. Moving event, right? Like yeah, I had, I, I had Canada. I guess exactly it. Yeah, I came down. I'm like, you know what? I've met all these strange guys on Twitter, you know, and and I talked to them on a podcast. And I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna get on a plane. I'm gonna get a hotel room by myself. I'm going to fly down and I'm going to like just participate in this tournament and just meet all these people. It's going to be awesome. I did, I did a Yo MTG Taps podcast on the way down where like Joey and Joe are in a car and like I call like, I guess Big Head's cell phone and then like they're, they're recorders and Joey Pasco's phone. So they had like, like 69 the phones so that like one receiver to one is going into like the speaker of the other one they're like ghetto recording it but it sounds terrible of course so you know plus i'm like walking around the streets of new york at the same time which is how i roll it was like but, a top eight magic podcast all yeah over. but the thing that's ridiculous is that apparently big head has like a canadian cell phone so, so, oh yeah I there's a story that. behind that there's a story behind that so i end up like paying like 60 dollars to do this like stupid podcast it sounds like crap with them but i mean it was still a good time it's still hilarious but like the i'm like what the hell why do i have a phone bill <laughs> All right, tell your story. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's it's funny. Like I gave him that phone actually, because he was just like, "Yeah, man, I don't have a phone." I'm like, "Well, I have this extra one kicking around, and it's got a demo line on it from my carrier." So I'm like, "Fuck here." And it's like, if it gets shut off, it gets shut off. But in the meantime, it's free, and just go for it. He's like, "Sweet." <laughs> so that's why he had a Canadian phone number. Plus, it worked out because I could call him all the time. It was awesome. Um, but uh, but it was it was funny because I just flew down and I knew I was going to meet Joe and Joey and we were going to have a blast and like I met so many amazing people that weekend and it just like 100% cemented for me that this community is something that I needed to be a part of and a much bigger part than I was previously and like it was just such an amazing weekend for me it showed me that I wasn't terrible at the game like I literally almost day two I was I was one game out of game of day twoing that. Uh, uh, that that tournament and it was fantastic and I was running your deck, Mike. Of course, um, I was running the monster truck jund. I had a I had super friends all lined up. I was playing in the grinders and I just realized that it was just like mythic all day and I couldn't beat mythic because it was just like their turn three and I'm fucked. So I, I I scooped up all the cards the the first thing in the morning and I just built the deck and uh, right from your list and. Like I got the Venge Vines while they were still twenty bucks, and then by the end of the day, they were fifty on site. Um, 
and it was awesome. I had so much fun with that list. Like, yeah. and truthfully, if I had actually just run like two Maelstrom Pulse, maybe three in the main deck as the only non-creature spell, then I, I would have day two no problem. Because like two, um, two of my losses were just to like Naya and Behemoth Sludge. Like, we had I just, like five drops Sarkin or something, didn't we? That yeah, was a, that's a non. That's a non-creature spell. Oh, no, but, but I mean, it was the only one that, like, at five, it wasn't going to mess up your Cascades. That's what I'm getting at. So the, uh, the copy of that deck made top eight, if I recall, right? Bradley Shepard? I, I, I didn't look this up. You know, I don't look these things up. No, I wanna... I, the top eight list was Owen Turtonwald, and he was running his own version. No, of no, no, there's a, I'm 80% sure there was a, there was a, <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. Right. What you're forcing if me to do. Is if you're wrong, list. can we get three copies of your book? I already sent free copies to KYT, and he didn't give them to you. I don't know what you want from me. So KYT will hook you more, more free copies. More. For, what, what do I get if I'm right? By the way, I'm going to be right. You get to come on our show another six times. Whoa, but Jay, you don't want that. <laughs> I never said that. Every time. Every time every we have time. this conversation. Yeah. we. Yeah. Mm. Someone's got to ship you uh, the OMG, so then you're like... Mind we're gonna have something to talk about, like sweet, sweet prep for our Flores interview. Like we're all sitting in like the CNN panel, and like, and uh, we're here to discuss um, uh, Michael J. Flores' brand brand new book. And uh, thank you for coming. And, uh, thank Bradley you for Carpenter. And, Bradley Carpenter. Yeah. So uh, how's everybody feeling? His last this? name. And then we're all like, we haven't read it. <laughs> his side. His no. No. Hold on a minute. Bradley Carpenter had four main deck Maelstrom Pulse. Thank you very much, Michael Flores. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a close deal, bro. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if I had had those Maelstrom pulses, I would have day two for sure. There were a couple situations where I was just like, That's "Man, you probably would have won." No, nothing else would have changed. You would have taken out Brad. You would have been like a small child. Can you imagine? That would have been delicious. <laughs> he, he probably would have been player of the year if he took him out. Because he, need, he needed to win the extra match in Paris. He would have gotten caught by Guillaume. That would have been it. We're like, oh, it would have been player of the year. If not for Mr. Sky coming down from Canada. That's right. Stupid Benjamin Jun neck. Yeah. It was so much fun, though. Like, honestly, it's still one of my favorite decks that I ever played. I had more fun playing Magic that day than, than I had in a long time. It was really it's, awesome. It's not really about the deck. I think, like, that event is just, like, every time I talk to you, you're like, remember that Grand Prix in Washington, D.C. in 2010? Like, every single time. It's, it, that's, like, your, I want to say Waterloo, but to be your anti-Waterloo. It's like know? my origin story, right? Like, it, it's it's my it's my big debut. It you're, was you're awesome. Hanging out in the, you're hanging out in the... In the police station, your uncle, the police scientist, is talking about super speed uh, chemicals and getting hit by a lightning bolt. And, Oops, you got hit by a lightning bolt, too, while covered yep. with super speed chemicals. That's right. Who would have thought? I don't now know. you're fast. Yeah. I don't know whose origin story that is. Barry Kid, on the Flash. No. No? Kid Flash. Oh. He has the exact same origin story as Barry Allen the Flash. But his uncle is Flash, learning about super speed chemicals and hit by a lightning bolt. <laughs> if you were just had just by yourself been hit by a lightning bolt and covered in super speed chemicals, then yeah, sure. So what cool. what you think of uh, what you think of the new Young Justice this weekend? Uh, you know, I actually just, with season two of Young Justice, I just get angry at the end of every episode because it's over and I'm waiting <laughs> for the next episode. Okay, that's okay. just my reaction every single time. Yeah. I mean, I, there's no way to talk about it without, like, spoiling the entire season, is there? You know, like, the depth episode, like, it was a pretty wild swing. Oh, God. That was terrible for me. 
terrible. I mean, before the last five minutes, I was actually just on the verge of tears. I'm like, oh my god, okay, I'm not alone. Thank god. <laughs> I mean, in season one, how many consecutive episodes did you literally cry? The one, the uh, let's see, the the kids and the grown ups disappearing from each other's world episode is back to back with the kid flash and the the queen of Bialia episode is back to back with the uh, um the next one's also a heartbreaker, like in a row. You're just like, what the hell? This is a freaking cartoon. (laughs) What is wrong with me? And the answer is there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the greatest cartoon in the history of America. It's really good. Like, it's so good. And yeah, so anyway, like season two, like, I don't feel joy anymore. I just feel anger every single time that it's over. And I'm just like, how could you do this to me? (laughs) Iceman, you bastard. It's my life anything but a constant dream of Young Justice episode. Don't you go home for Thanksgiving. Your animators must be lashed to their lashed to their pencils. They're never to get up except to scan the pictures in. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, how did I like it? I mean it's pretty funny, right? Sportsmaster's reaction to It's <laughs> like, you can't have that. You at least ask permission. Yeah. I think things are gonna come to a head. You know, I, I don't know if I love the Arsenal character. Uh, alongside the Red Arrow character, it's kind of like off continuity, and I, I, you know, that character is his origin story in like the real comic book. He's like a serious drug problem in in the 1970s. They wanted to make him like real topical and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure how they're going to go with that, but um, you know, I liked it. I think poor poor Captain Cold though. What a what a bad time to try to run a bank robbery. <laughs> It's just the wrong place at the wrong time, sir. <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, what? Why did they put that scene in? Like, this is just like, the weirdest. Like, oh, by the way, right where there's the right where there's the super heroin bridal shower. Oh, we're just gonna try to run a one billion bank heist. <laughs> is this is this really contributing to the story? Not even a little. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was good, super yeah. good. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I actually have to thank Top 8 Magic for getting me into a lot of TV shows that I I now love. Like, Sons, I can't... I, I, I mean, how good was last week's episode? I don't I mean, know. Oh, my God. I don't know. The last one I saw, oh, was, epi- no. the last one I saw was episode 3. They were still in jail, <laughs> and they were just getting out. So, yes, I saw that whole thing. I haven't seen number 4 yet. I have it. I have it right here. I just <laughs> haven't watched it yet. But you know, um, but You know what I'm talking about. Well, I I know, yeah. Like I couldn't. My wife was watching it on the phone, like cause she was like, "What the hell?" She, man? So you ready for this? So she's watching it like this, right? And I know I've seen it already because like some asshole spoiled it on Twitter. No, to all of you that are friggin' watching this right now, no spoilers for television on Twitter. It's terrible and it's not fair to the rest of us. That gentleman was scolded and unfollowed. Anyways, who was it? I can't even remember. It's not even that important. Um. I'll tell you offline. Anyway, so, so why would that matter? Like, if, if she's watching. Spoiler, she's watching it, and I, I know it's coming up because like I had to watch it first thing yeah. in the morning because I couldn't like after hearing what happened, I had to watch it. So she's watching it, and all of a sudden, like the event happens, and like the the climax that such violent caustic event happens, and she just like and freaks the phone. Oh my god, freaks out, jumps up, starts shaking and crying. It was just like it was so visceral that she just so, was like, "Oh." So here's the thing like, you know, without giving away any details, you know, the Sons of Anarchy, it's a it's a it's a five-season arc. It's it's a retelling of 
of Hamlet, right? Yeah. So from season two, my wife was like, Opie is Ophelia. So, um, if, I don't know, are you familiar with Hamlet? Oh, I'm very, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, she's like, he's Ophelia, and it's like a weird just, juxtaposition. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they even send him to the box, right? Like, it's, it's, um, it's very, uh, it's, it's like a really almost direct translation. Um, you know, but I think it's the kind of thing, like, with Breaking Bad, you know, I, this is not going to end well for any of these characters. Yeah. It, speaking of ending, though, like, look at this season of television. You have, like, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, 30 Rock, Parks and Recreation. Some people like Community. I think that show's all right. Um, but, like, 30 Rock may be the greatest sitcom of this era, you know. Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad fighting it out for, you know, one of the best, if not the best, dramas on, on television. Even Doctor Who, you know, like uh, Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat's uh, contracts are up this year. Who knows if they're going to get, I mean, the show's doing really well. They're Likely they're going to get renewed. But when Eccleston died at the end of, se- of the first series, like no one saw that coming. Um, he was like, oh, I'm not going to renew my contract. Like, there's massive upheaval in scripted television this year. Yeah. I, there's a lot of other good shows, though, too. Like, Dexter is promising to be really good this year. Um, the first episode was really sweet. I'm enjoying Boardwalk Empire as well. Like, I I found that all of the best television these days is not actually on public access cable. Like, a lot of it's on these, like, like the AMCs and, like, you know, Walking Dead has been really good. I've been really, really impressed by that as I, well. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what public access cable is maybe we have different terminology so basically like network television like nbc and you know abc and all those like there's not not a lot of amazing shows that have been on there i was actually gonna say you know i I, i'm not into fringe but it's a show that you know i've always intended to get into but that's ending this year you know that's you know bdm talks very highly of that show i I have a lot of friends who who really quite like it um you know there's i I think it, it it comes down to what you're into and taste right like i think there's there's great shows on Showtime. There's great shows on HBO. There's obviously great. I mean, on a per capita basis, right? AMC is just crushing every other uh, channel in the history of television. Um, uh, and you know, I think there's great network shows too. Yeah, I, I, I've been having some issues with the network shows. They've like they used to be really, really good, and now they're just letting me down. Like uh, they're, just, they're they're so outclassed by the quality of programming that are on. Like the showtimes and stuff like that. Network, that it's, it's not network television is um is like a is like a mall, uh, where both are just for women now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't even, like, I don't even know what that means. You get like giant malls that are being built. Uh, like in Canada, it's the Mills family malls, right? Like, what do you guys have, Scotty, over there? You have like oh, it's Vaughn Mills. Vaughn Mills. Here we have Cross Iron Mills. And they're just like these giant malls that take up like over like two or three kilometers of like square footage. And then you go and you walk through them and it's just like five women's clothing stores, an accessory store, a jewelry store, and then like, and then like a hat store for men and maybe women like unisex sports hats. And then like a shoe store, a HMV, five more clothing stores, the Bay, like, (laughs) And then that's what network television is like. They got like the Vampire Diaries, they got Nine Hundred Two and The Bachelor, they got the Bachelorette, they got the Bachelor Pad, they got uh, what else? They the Bachelor Canada, they got like Friends, and, uh, like Two and a Half Men, and 
What a show does my wife watch? Just fucking trash. <laughs> I I have to. I've like this terribly guilty confession to make. Like I see. Don't do it. Like, Just don't. All right. You don't have to do it. All right. See how free you are. You didn't have to. Guilty You're pleasure. Free. Come on. No, you don't have to do it, Scott. You're not their monkey. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Don't, dude. Don't be the monkey, dude. Anyways. Next topic. Next topic. All right, next topic. Just smile. So so what do you, you think? You don't have to be their monkey. You control yourself. So what do you think of Magic? Uh, uh, so Modern Pro Tour is coming out. Yeah. Uh, have you put any thought whatsoever into, or have you been helping sort of any of your friends that are going uh, with their lists and sort of their their takes on the format? No, not at all. <laughs> all my uh, so uh, most of my good friends like uh, they do this new thing. It's, like, it's actually not a new thing. They've done it like three or four pro tours in a row now, where they like go off and do get a house together and then figure out a way to put John Fingle to the top eight. So. <laughs> That's their strategy. Um, and so, you know, they can go do that again. Like, you know, um, to get on their team, like, it's a requirement and so forth. So they they seem to be doing real well with this strategy. That's a requirement? Yeah. Get John in the top eight. No, 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 no. The requirement is you oh. got to go off and be in their house and work on the format together. And okay. Like, it's, you know, they're, they're setting up a specific barrier to, uh, you know, work with them. Um and you know they have a sweet squad this time. You know, uh, Baby Huey's on their team. I'd love to see Baby Huey do well. Uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of good friends who, for some godforsaken reason, didn't vote for him, and he, he didn't get in by one vote this year. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's almost surely in next year because of that. But um, you know, they'll figure out a way to get John to top eight again. I'm sure. What, what's John played in? What? Well, his last five tournaments, he has like four top eights and a top sixteen or something. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like some of the stuff that's on Twitter is just absurd. Like, it's 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 absurd. He played in one Grand Prix and made top sixteen, and played in three Pro Tours and top eighted all of them. Like, it's and he's like, oh yeah, he's like a second tier player. Like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, well, if you're just going to go on who wins the most, yeah, sure. I guess he's real good, but well, Yikes. why would we do that? <laughs> so uh, in that case, then, standard? We'll just try to you know, bring some magic back for everybody. And... I don't know. Osip asked me to break a format for him for this weekend, but he said that he, he wouldn't play a green ramp deck. And that's all I know how, know how to make right now. Like, in, in my every time I look at cards, I'm just like, oh man, Jace, I'd really like to rampant growth that out on the third turn. <laughs> <laughs> Far seek bitches. <laughs> that's all I got. I mean, like, Noyan, uh, you know, uh, Joey's friend is just like, oh, I made a bet that I could 4 0 uh, FNM with a gay creeper vine. Can you help me with this? I'm like, oh, can I? <laughs> gay creeper vine? Yeah, that's a great one. What am I doing? Look, oh God. Something broke. <laughs> something broke inside me. <laughs> Some sort of something wrong. Yeah. Well, Gate Creeper Vine, yeah, you're there's probably something wrong. And BDM told me I'd be end up playing it and uh I was like, shut up, BDM, I'm not playing this is stupid. It doesn't even block. Now all my lists have four Gate Creeper Vines. I don't know how this happened. Well the thing is it's good with restoration, Angel. 
it's not big enough to block an aggressive one drop in this format, but I've convinced myself that it's good for restoration age. Mike, just play Borderland Ranger. I have, I have that, bro. <laughs> for Borderland Ranger. So just play the Farseek. Play Rampant Growth. Yeah, like, just too. do that. No, no, look, there's a couple of different concepts that, that you have going into standard, okay? All right. One of the concepts is, first of all, I think the best end game is clear, okay? And other, I think other people will take a while to get to the best end game, but I'm usually right about this sort of thing. Okay? I'm listening. Yeah, we're Let listening. Me, let me get my notebook. The best end game <laughs> is based around Rakdos' return. The card is absurdly powerful, and people just don't understand. I mean, like, first of all, have you ever been hit by a mind shatter? Because it sucks, okay? Yeah. Like, this is like hitting someone with a mind shatter in a format where there's no more mono leak, and the counter spells all stink. Yeah, or yeah put a really, fireball on it while you're yeah. at it. And by the way, take five. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the strategies, all right? So it, I, I think that it's like the clear best endgame strategy, and it can be played in a couple of different different types of decks. You can play it in a Jundish sort of deck, you can play it in a sort of deck. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, I don't know that you can really play it in a Rakdos sort of deck, because Rakdos decks have to be swift, you know, like what Jay was talking about his limited deck earlier. Um, so that's one strategy. And if you're going to play a mid-range deck, or a mid-range deck, a deck that intends to play more than four or five turns, right, that involves any deck that has Planeswalkers, right? Any deck that, like, wants to play multiple stages of the game, you have to build your deck in such a way that you don't get destroyed by one one overwhelming source of card advantage. So if you play step card advantage cards like Gatekeeper Vine, Borderland Ranger, Restoration Angel, Thrag Tusk, that you gain value with every single card, then you right. put yourself, not only put yourself in a position where you always have cards, which is actually very good if you're playing against a control deck, like, these cards in concert with, like, let's say a Cavern of Souls, or not even a Cavern of Souls, the permission's not very good, puts you in a situation where the control that can't out-card you very easily, because you're two for wanting them on every turn. Now, is it really attractive for a control deck to want a Wrath of God, your two Borderland Rangers, or your Borderland Ranger and Thrag Tusk? This is terrible for them. Now, simultaneously, you're constantly gaining value. And these cards don't look like a lot of the cards that people think of as being an aggressive deck. But that's not the format we're going to be playing in, I don't think. Okay, so um, the so one way that you can implement a Rakdos return strategy is to play it in Is it where you Rakdos's return and then you oh sorry you um what's the blue Museum Mortars called the kicks. Cy- uh, cyclonic yeah, so, uh, rift so you rift. cyclonic rift your opponent which implies that they're if if the cyclonic rift resolves. It implies that the Rakdos' return will resolve, right? Because if someone could have counted spelled the Cyclonic Rift, they would have. Okay? Right, and you're going to play it on their end step, too. Yeah, so you play this thing, and then X equals 7, and then they can't win, right? <laughs> so like, that's that's one strategy. So the thing that's really cool about that strategy is um, it's much easier to deal with Planeswalkers than it has been in previous years, right? So they give you a card like Dreadboard. They give you a card like even um, Abrupt Decay, which can kill small Planeswalkers. And then there's two different kinds of Oblivion Rings that white decks can play. Uh, like in, you know, the, the blue-white Oblivion Ring is like really, really cool. Even the Maelstrom Pulse one, what's the name of it? Uh, the, Detention Sphere. Detention yeah. Sphere, right? So if you set your opponent up with a Rakdos's Return, you can now do something like untap and play Nickel Bolas. So Nickel Bolas, in theory, is this really powerful Cruel Ultimatum level threat. Uh-huh. The problem is it's the it's the first time in history that you could resolve this cool ultimatum level threat and somebody just tings it with a two mana spell and it's gone. Okay, 
So you actually have to clear your opponent before you can play a threat like this. But the mana steps up in such a way it's actually attractive for you to do that. So you're building a Gilded Lotus deck? No, I don't play that crap. <laughs> I don't play that crap. Why do, why do we just, you play things that gain value, not things that you just invest in. Sorry, like, sorry, using all of these like gates. Did like you go these... to college and study underwater basket weaving? Because that's what a Gilded Lotus is. <laughs> you pay all this for your college education, and what do you get out of it? <laughs> underwater baskets. Yeah. I kid. I know. Not really. Not really. Underwater basket weaving. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's that, that is that is has to be a trained skill. It's not something just any monkey can do, mind you. I agree, but the problem is it doesn't earn very well. That's fine. <laughs> you have to pay the same as if you were getting like a really marketable skill. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day... Your return is not so good. Yeah. Okay. Now we have baskets under it. Okay, what's yeah. you're asking a question. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt you. No, so it wasn't. Ramp- so you're ramping into five colors. You're ramping yeah. into like at least four colors here, right? Like yeah. if you're going to run ramp, all these green cards are green. You're talking about Nicol Polis, which is... Oh, no, no, you don't play Nicol Bolas in the same deck as, as... I'm saying there's different routes you can take with Arachdos' Return Center. Okay. Right, so um, you could just play, like, fast blue, red, and black cards, you know, like uh, Think Twices and Desperate Ravings, Point Removal, Snapcaster Mages, and then just get to the point that you can play. So you could play, like, some semi-soft lock along the way, you know, um, Nifmus of Draco Genius, you know, something like that. It's fine. Uh, and then there's other routes you can take, which are based on, like... Uh, value step creatures just to like try to contain you could play a strategy its only purpose is try to contain zombies okay um like i think that a legit deck might be uh dryad militant uh elite inquisitor um knight of dawn knight of what's his name knight of dawn knight of dawn knight of dawn um etc these things like block zombies really well right that that's a deck it's a pretty good offensive deck as well because you have guys to obtain draft. Uh, so, but then there's zombies, right? The problem is like a lot zombies invalidates a lot of strategies because it's fast, synergistic, and fairly powerful because of Lotlift Troll. Lotlift Troll is like a really, really powerful card. So, I think there's a couple different routes you can take, but I think the best one is based around um, Rakdos' Return because it just seems obviously powerful to me. Play a non-interactive game with people who are playing like. They would think that they have a strategy, but they don't really have the tools to facilitate it anymore. I'm pretty sure Jay was talking to us about it as well. Like, whenever somebody cast Rakdos Return, like, they just won. Like, every time they resolve that spell, they wipe out their opponent's hand, and they just win. Like, it's ridiculous every time you resolve it. So, you may be right. Well, I think something that's really interesting is that they removed the signets and replaced them with the key things. And How do you feel about that? Like, I feel like... And the, the signets would be way too powerful. Like, if you were, just say, for sake of argument, you could play um, a green-white based ramp deck with Farseek, and then play Rakdos Signet in it. So Rakdos Signet by itself just, like, fixes all of your mana so that you can play Rakdos' return, and then your actual lands fundamentally just tap for primarily green and green and white. So you could just get all your... And it's just, like, no cost to get black and red into a green-white deck. Right. But that's, like, really, really... I mean, we used to do crazy stuff like that in the first time there was Ravnica all the time. Um, and it'd be really cool. Like, you could tell how good a deck designer was 
by which signets they chose to play in their deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we had like an algorithm around it. If you listen to old Top 8 Magic podcasts, like Paul Jordan and I talk about, like, a lot about, um, you can like look at you know Top 8 decks and be like, oh, this guy doesn't actually understand how to do mana balance because he chose the wrong signets. And then like, like and then somebody else is like, really? And you're like, yeah, look at all these color mana combinations, right? He plays cards like Lightning Helix and blah, 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 blah. And yet he has a Zorius signet in this deck. He picked his race signet because he's in blue and white. He didn't actually understand which proportions that he needs his colored mana pairs to be in. His signet should have actually been these pairs in, in this proportion. It should have been like one is it signet and like three Boros signets, and, and that's the correct count. Yeah. And then, like, if you explained it to someone, they'd be like, oh, that's actually obvious now that you've said it out loud. Like, these Azorius signets actually make no sense in this person's blue-white deck. Yeah. So, okay, so how do you feel overall, then, about the whole, like, we haven't, we haven't seen a Mind Stone since they reprinted Mind Stone in 10th edition. No, they had a um, Everflowing Chalice. Okay, sure. And then, um, which was a very powerful card. And then yeah. They, they had the... Uh, the Sphere of the Suns. Which I, I never liked that card. Um, but, you know, Farseek is basically basically a signet if you're in green. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, what, uh, R&D seems to be pretty much of the mind that um, signets were too powerful. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think we'll ever see them again unless we unless there's, like, some radical power creep or directional change. You know, uh, Call of the Conclave, is that the name of the token Watchwolf? Yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, it's substantially more powerful than Watchwolf. And when, when Watchwolf was first printed, it was, like, so good. They're like, oh, you would always play this card um, if you were in green and white, regardless of what archetype you were. And like Jim Davis, I remember, played a, a control deck uh, at States that year, and he actually just had Watch Wolf uh, in his control deck that had green. It's just so good. You know, Its worst-case scenario was it either traded with removal that your opponent could have pointed at your face, or it just like traded with his Watch Wolf, and it was fine. Um, uh, he played against Julian Levin, who won the state championship that year. Julian actually just threads of disloyalty to all four of his watch wolves. <laughs> that was kind of awkward, uh, but uh, but the uh, you know the, the sentiment was that watch wolf was was so good, and this was like, you know not that long ago when the first Ravnica was uh, was in standard that that you would always play it and call the conflict substantially more powerful. You know, it's it's the same card, but. Synergistic with Populate, synergistic with Snapcaster Mage, you know. I'm actually reading the article that's supposed to come out in, in less than an hour. <laughs> and, like, it's Call of the Conclave right in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, so, and then, you yeah, know, that's, that's, like, only a medium power Selesnia card. I have it in the top ten, but it's on the, it's on the wrong end, right? Number nine. Yeah. You call it Watch Wolf Plus. <laughs> yeah. It's no Armada Worm. No. Armada Worm is the tits. Yeah, it's two tips exactly. <laughs> so, so what do you think then? So, what do you think of like the the bad control list that were out like on Magic League? Have you taken a look at any of these at all? Oh, I've not looked at these lists. Okay. Do they look so, like the band deck that I made last week? I'm not sure. They look an awful lot. Well, shit, what can, you know what, Mike? Because it's you. Um, actually, I can probably just look this up because they put it up on. Or model worm, my favorite finisher in the format. I think we had quite enough of this last week. <laughs> here it is. Here. Yeah, I think it's hard to make a deck that has both our model worm and Rakdos's return. That's the. That's the. If there were signets, it'd be really easy. Here, Mike. Check this out. 
is there a way to make this big? I, I've never just, used this format, so. Uh, just a minute here. It's coming. Uh, That's what she said. Yeah, there it is. You've made it so it's no longer on the screen. I know. Oh, so you can see it. Okay. Yeah, there it see is. It now. Okay. Okay. So can I make this bigger? Um, so basically, here's what it Just is. Just read it to me, bro. Yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, you've got two Angel Serenity, two Arm- three Armada Worm, and three Thrag Tusk. That's a high curve. I know. You've got three Jace, two Tamio, Jace four, obviously. I, I don't like this deck. You don't have to go any further. All right. This curve is ridiculous. <laughs> How many one and two mana spells does it have? Uh, three think twice, two syncopate, three detention spheres, three, but three celestial. Three. Azorius charm? Threes. I mean, like, it has Sphinx's revelation and Terminus. Uh huh. It's, it's just. I don't know. You could never win a serious tournament with this deck. No. Okay. Like, it's, it's just way out of the range of a deck that could ever actually win a serious tournament. The, the reason is. You can't have a deck that's all X. <laughs> like, if you play against, like, only mid-range decks that can't kill you, sure. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even convinced that you would necessarily win. But, you know, it's... Okay, I'm going to ask you your opinion on one more. And it's actually from a fellow Star City Inn. It's from the Honorary Canadian. Who, is it a Smitty deck? No. No, the honorary Canadian. Why is Re- Why is Reed an honorary Canadian? Because he's the most polite person on the face of the planet. I like Reed a lot. He's a good man. I know. He's an excellent magic player. I'm there. All right. All right. Bat revelation. So here you go. Okay. Yeah. So it's fourth rag tusk, and then you've got four Farseek. and then uh, we've got elixir of immortality. We've got the standard three Jace, two Tamio. We have three Detention Sphere for removal. We also have a Miser's Azorius Charm. Got a little bit of permission. Not a lot. Three Sphinx's Revelations. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this deck. I think it's not... It's it's like... It has a lot of powerful cards, but it doesn't... It doesn't have focus even in its ability to defend itself. Right? It, he's got like a weird number of both uh, the Verdict as well as... Um, Terminus, and it's funny because Reed is like the king of Terminus, right? Yeah. Um, like the curve is very expensive, and it, it doesn't do a lot to generate initiative. I think he was kind of like attempting to create a thought experiment, which is that he's really kind of leaning on elixir of immortality, and he wants to like not actually have to win. But you know, he's like, his cards are so expensive. Like, mon- I, I don't think you can play mono Thrag tusks, mono. Uh, Mono Sphinx's revelations and like planeswalkers that don't, you know, that, without like really like dreadboard defense and, and stuff like that. I mean, even one of the things I really like about Ragdos Return is like if your opponent ever taps out for a planeswalker, you just brain them with it and kill the planeswalker. Yeah. <laughs> so like, bad. Like it's so atrocious. Like <laughs> they're like, oh man, I stuck this planeswalker. They're like, oh yeah, discard your hand. By the way, your planeswalker's dead. Like it's, you need to, I think that people are not, have not yet been forced to be thoughtful about certain things that how this format's going to look. And like there are certain things that are that are pillars of the format that you you have to be prepared for them and you have to respect them 
um, if you want to be successful in large tournaments, or you have to exploit them, right? It's like one of those formats that's like part affinity, part control, part ramp, part tooth and nail, you know? You can't play a mid-range deck in that format. Like, there's like three quarters of the decks just smash you. Uh, so, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah. Like, I like Reed. I just, I don't, I don't particularly agree with that implementation. Okay. That's fair. Um, good. All right. Scott, have you seen, like, has anybody posted a deck list, uh, like, on any site with Rectos' return that looks half decent? I posted a bunch of Rectos' return deck lists, like, two or three weeks ago. So there's back. Armada Worm. You want to go back one? I saw, I saw Patrick post uh, a list with Armada Worm and Rectos Return. I don't know if you saw that one, Mike. I did not see that one. You know, I, Patrick, uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's prolific. I didn't see so, that one yet. So what do you think of this? So there's one with two Rectos Return. This is your Grixis Demon sketch. You talked briefly about Desecration Demon yeah, like on the Horde of Notions. Like, By the way, I didn't know the card Armada Worm existed yet when I made this article. So the I, I think I would probably rethink a lot of the... A lot of the details on this because this deck obviously wants uh, Armada Worm. If you look at it, like I wouldn't play Olivia over there, and, right? Like <laughs> I would redo my mana and have Armada because I already have White for Restoration Angel. Don't I? Is that this no? Deck? That's a different deck. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a different deck. I apologize. Oh God, this is the one you're playing, isn't it? Oh my God, Mike, this you know. Oh God, you're playing this deck. Evan Irwin right? is getting the popcorn. <laughs> this, this, this is the deck you're playing, isn't it? I gotta like buy a lot of. I converted a bunch of my uh, article money into uh, store credit today. Oh, so I need to buy cards. Man. Magic cards are expensive. I know. So, Mike, is this the is, is this the baseline of the deck that you're working towards here? Yeah, I actually have to test it against zombies, though. Like, oh, I, Mike. Scott, you, you sound you sound like you're pitying me, Scotty Mac. If there's one thing I'm good at, is make, it's making states love decks. <laughs> I thought I loved the deck I played last year. Yeah. I think that Bonfire of the Damned in this list is terrible, and I'm going to tell you. You understand that. how I make decks, right? I pick the best cards and I put them in a deck. I understand that. I, I totally <laughs> like, get that. So my suggestion in this case, though, is you really like instead of playing Bonfire, just play like you're going to have infinite mana anyway, right? Just play Mizium Mortars. Like just do Mizium Mortars in the sideboard, right? No, you've Pillar of Flame in the sideboard. So play yeah, Mizium yeah, yeah. Mortars. Play Mizium in the main deck and play the Pillars in the sideboard. Bonfire I, Brains opponents. Dude. Okay, it, Planeswalkers. No, no, that's fine. But you, you don't have to, like Planeswalkers don't survive you. You're playing three Dreadbore and four Rakdos return. Like ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't present enough threat density, in my opinion, like to make Bonfire worthwhile. Like listen to Jerry for once, man. The guy's got that on the fucking head for sure. I don't know. We Jerry and I don't always agree. Uh, and that's fair. All I'm suggesting is in that one slot, you may want to, at least if you're testing, split it up two and two and figure out which Never. one you want. Never. No, no, no. Well, no, because you how could... you do it, bro. All right, so just go all or nothing. <laughs> you're either right or you're not. Yeah. Okay, so you're just tight. try it. But that's my suggestion, because I think Bonfire is just really, really rough at this one. Like, in the green-red aggro lists and the Naya aggro lists that we're running so, it, it's crazy. Like, even in so, the Jund aggro lists, it's insane. So let me, let me point two things out to you. Okay? All right, go. I'm listening. Imagine a deck... That's not like mono control. Imagine any other kind of deck, all right? Yeah. How does the game develop between this deck and the deck that you're imagining? What happened? What's going to happen? 
Look at the cards in here. You're, oh, you're hovering over these cards. Look at the yep. cards that I chose to play in this deck. What's going to happen to the board? You tell me. It's going to get nice and clogged up. It's going to get nice and clogged up. Does this deck play Think Twice? No. It has tons of card advantage, but it never draws an extra card, right? It yep. does card advantage by searching for lands primarily. Yep. So the, the board's going to get nice and clogged up. What will eventually happen? It's necessary. There's no other way that, that the game can develop. What will eventually happen? You guys will hit a stalemate, and there'll be some sort of... I will draw a Bonfire of the Damned. Yeah. It is impossible that I will not draw a Bonfire of the Damned, because, as you've already testified, the board is going to clog up. So he's not going to attack me, and I'm not going to attack him. See, uh, But at the point that I draw the Bonfire of the Damned, I'm going to kill all of his guys and deal enough damage to him to kill him with the guys that I used to clog the board up. The problem now, do you understand I have how it this, works? No, I follow no, no, you. Do you understand how it works now? I understand what you are trying to prove. <laughs> I'm not trying to prove anything. You're the one who told me how the game was going to develop. I'm look, listen, Now I'm, I'm look, just saying take the next step because there's no, other, there's no other way the game can go if what you said is true. I cannot do anything other than eventually draw a modifier of the name. I can't choose unless I get slaughter games. We're cornering the market, Scotty. Mike. I'm not sure that your zero two defenders and your two two bodies are going um, to be where you want to be right a now. A minute ago, before you decided no, no, you wanted on. to argue against the inevitable <laughs> no, 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 drawing no, no. the dam, Mike, you agreed that we minute. were going to clog up the board. Hold on a minute. <laughs> so, what? But the card that's going to clog up the board—it's not these. What? It's Restoration Angel and Thrag Dusk. That's fine. I have like rampant growths. I have dread boars. I'm not going to die to their best guy. I have abrupt decay. I agree with you. I think that those guys will help. I think like I might chump with a gate creeper vine, and I might like block with it and blink it with a restoration angel on turn four. Those things, either of those things, can happen. I think Borderland Ranger is going to get his money in this deck. That's probably true. He's, he's going to get a good trade, and he's going to get me a card, and people are going to be pissed that they just traded with the Borderland Ranger. I'm, and you know what? I can get behind that. And and I think it's the Gate Creeper Vine that's what I have a problem with, man. What Scott, do you want to play instead? Scott, can you pull up this list? Yeah, I can. Like, I realized, like, it was better than Lotless Troll in this deck. That deck probably wants Armada Worm, though. Like, like you know, I'd have to re- refocus it. Like, this is uh, Patrick's deck with Armada Worm, and it sort of plays a lot of the same cards you were playing. Yeah, Patrick and I are usually pretty closely aligned. It's interesting when we collaborate on stuff, um, because my strong suits are, are good compliments to uh, where, you know, Patrick Patrick is a very, very expansive magic mind. But, um, you know, the things that he's not, he's not perfect at, um, you know, my often a pretty good compliment. So, playing... Avacyn's Pilgrims and Arbor Elves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a lot like a deck that that uh, that I posted in my, the article KYT was yeah was reading a minute ago. But it has Ractos' return. <sighs> Man, he is next level. <laughs> <laughs> that is that fucker is the most next level guy. And he's there. running Keswick Wolf Run too, which I think is pretty sweet in this list, by the way. I have a who do I have a the green white version. Yeah, Township. Which, yeah, I mean, like, we're obviously aligned on... If you run Township, you should be running, like, instead of Gatekeeper Vine, you should be running Avacyn's Pilgrim. Because then you get value, additional value, out of Dude, using your Gavney Township. look at the deck. 
<laughs> the deck does not want to curve to three. Oh, so we're going to have that discussion. Okay. Okay. That's probably fair. But I mean, then, like, a turn two Borderland range is pretty sweet, Mike. And then if there's not that, there's no problem. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you follow up with Huntmaster Restoration Angel. What do you mean there's no follow up? Yeah, but, like, you're talking about a situation that happens one out of every 12 games. See, this insane math savant level, like, that's what I'm really looking forward to getting out of the OMG. Like, you just, it just, you gotta build for the games that are gonna happen, not the, <laughs> not the games that, like, you know, like, oh, wow, I won the lottery again. You know? <laughs> mm, I want me some birds back. Really? I think uh, the Mana League seems fine. You can play, like, an 8-pack. If you, if you want to run the deck that ramps, on th- you know, 3 on 2, like, you know, with Strikers and Centaur Healers and Borderland Rangers, like, you can play an 8-pack. It's cool. Yeah. But that's a different strategy than what I'm talking about, you know? Like, that deck might not even want... Rampant growths, you know, or Farseek, whatever you call it, you know. Uh, and it, it's way less consistent hitting Armada one because your accelerators can get killed by your opponent's bonfire in the game. Like, think about how different it is when your accelerators can die to your opponent's bonfire in the game versus well, I mean, just putting yeah. mana sources in play. Yeah, red green aggro versus pyroclasm, for example. I love abundant growth. I think that's probably a good idea. Maybe I'll play that instead of gate creeper. I feel like I want to play some, like, weird, like, Mike Flores and Patrick's baby or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I strongly think that uh, Rectos' turn is going to be an elite strategy, and I think that uh, Green Ramp is where you want to be early on because you can play a fast... You can get to your stage three important endgame faster than the other decks, and the permission is not very good in the format. Like, that's... You add, add those things together, there's a lot of opportunity right now. So are you looking... You're not running this one, are you? I like the the blue, black, red one that has the demons. Like, I think, like, the the demons with syncopate and, and red removal is, like, actually a very robust strategy. Like Syncopate? Isn't there syncopate in that deck? No. You there's some rift. kind of... There's some kind of permission, isn't there? Uh, is it charm? Is it charm? I mean, yeah, there's syncopate negates or something on the sideboard. Yeah, and it gets inside. Yeah, so like to the combination of permission and demons and point removal and um, snapcaster mages or snapcaster mages, I assume, right? Yep, yeah, four of. Um, like I think that's a really strong strategy because you're it, it makes it so your opponent is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He can't really hold his cards, right? And he can't really play out his cards. So like, if he holds his cards, he's going to get boned by Rakdos turn, right? If he plays out his cards, he's getting boned by demon. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like that's the, I think it's, it's more, it's more elegant than it might seem on on paper. Mm. I think it's gonna be interesting to see how many people are actually playing ultimate price to determine how good this demon's gonna be. Like I, I What's truly ultimate price. That's the monocolor doomblade. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. I think that card's pretty good. Yeah, I think so too, and and I think that desecration demon is going to either be like in, it's gonna be. Like the whole worm coil engine thing, where right? worm coil was insane to play because no one was playing Doomblade for a while. You know, everyone's playing Go for the Throat. I, I actually think the card is just awesome. It's just not good against the card Grave Crawler, but it's different to be not good against Grave Crawler and to not be awesome. Fair so enough. there was a card, um, like a five mana card that was actually the Abyss, so it affected you too. Yeah. Uh, in the last time there was Ravnica, and I'm like, I think it's like called Hellcarver Demon or something. 
No, that was the guy that uh, when it that was Rosewater's card that when it dealt damage, you exile your hand and take a look at the top seven. Exile all other permanents that you control. Look at the top seven cards of your deck, and you can just play them for free. Well, anyway, there's a demon. It was five mana for a four four abyss. So it affected both players. Actually, the abyss, not not uh, not desecration demon. And yeah. when I saw it, when I reviewed the first round, I'm like, this card's just going to be awesome. It's staple. And, like nobody agreed with me. And I actually I played it in my undefeated deck at Pritchard Charleston. It was awesome. Nice. If you get any kind of an advantage, you just put it out. You're you're now even, but you know you're even against the demon. But you're in an advantage, and you're in a creative position quite quickly if you have point removal spells, where your opponent is always sacrificing something awesome, right? And then you have a freaking demon. You can kill him with it. That's so good. I That's love like that the demon. like the the even desecration demon. Like you put them in a situation when you have like a bonfire of the damned. Where like you're like gonna miracle the bonfire at the dam before they can sacrifice a thing, and they've been like giving it plus one plus one counters for the last three turns, and they're just dead. Yeah. Like the the the, I think bonfire of the dam is not just a beatdown card. It's a card where like it allows you to generate a large amount of initiative and then kill your opponent in a in a big swoop, mm-hmm. like one attack. Um, and you know you might have you might have underrated that that capability when you're saying that it didn't belong in some of these decks. That's possible. But I might overplay it. I don't know. I like the Bancho time deck a lot. I think, I mean, none of these decks is perfect, right? No. They haven't, they haven't gone through a lot of development, but I think this deck's really, really cool. Um, the thing I don't like about it is it doesn't have Rakdos' return. Right. But Sphinx's Revelation is like, you know, the anti Rakdos' return. Yep. Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, playing a third turn Jace is sweet. Yeah, I think no, Vault... I, that's what I want to be doing all day. I've been trying to look at like blue, black, green, but the mana's just not as great as it should be, and you like it hinges really heavily on like powering out a third turn Jace or a third turn Demon. Why would you play blue, black, green instead of blue, white, green? Right, and that's sort of what I'm trying to get to. Well, well just Demon. Demon's good, but um... white cards are better. Well, it's not that the white cards are better. It's that if you're playing a demon, you want to play a deck that has a lot of removal, uh, so that you can, can so that the demon can attack sometimes. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, black gives you that too, right? And you got play it with blue, you get Snapcaster Mage and all that stuff too. But if you're playing um, blue, white, green, I think the ultimate, ultimate. That's where I want to get to is to play a deck that has both the ability to play Jace and the ability to play Restoration Angel Fragtoss. Which are like yeah. the two best things you can play, like other than Rakdos return combo. Um, like that's really powerful. Both of those synergies are really, really strong. And, um, and, uh, generate some exploitation. I mean, I don't know. You, you just got to be able to beat zombies, bro. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to these days. There's something I want to pull up here real quick and get your opinion on. I don't know if you saw it, but. Uh, Pasco tweeted it, so I imagine you probably did. Uh, Caleb Durward posted his sort of like evaluation on uh, Jace. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually see that. It's actually a really good article. Like, I'm not 100% a huge fan of everything that Caleb writes out. There it is. But this was actually really good, and this is sort of what like gave me a lot of the inspiration. Um, and I mean, like his his evaluating is a one one grave color even with a card. Like you know, these sorts of things are interesting. 
breaks down all of his individuals. Anyways, I suggest you read it. But here's sort of what he was looking at in terms of a list, and I just thought it was really funny. Um, the mana base, like I said, it's not great, but like Augur Bolas over Snapcaster, which is strange, but I mean, like, if you're running all of the... Augur Bolas can block a Gravecrawler. Which is epic. Um, Thrag Tusks, three ultimate price, the key rune, tribute to hunger, some removal, but like Jace, Sever the Bloodline I really like right now, too. Um... This is Syncopates, Miser Staff, Think Twice, Forbidden Alchemies. This is sort of the, the big one here. Like, you get to play, like, you get to ramp up and you get to go, like... Does he have, does he have Farseek? So, it doesn't look like it's it's in this list, but every list that I've been running that looks like this starts with, like, Forthright, for Farseek, because, like, but, that's a sick turn two play. Yeah, so, I mean, I made a lot of decks that have Farseek that are blue decks, and the thing about it is, if you're going to play Farseek, you got to play, like, at least 12 green sources, like maybe 14, yeah. which changes your ability to play your blue and black cards. That's the thing. Right. Like, so you gotta, you gotta completely turn the other way. I mean, the reality is if you're actually hitting your far seek, you can get your blue and black, right? Yeah. But well, the, and that, that, that was my comment too, towards like the mana not being optimal, right? Because like, as soon as we're able to get, you know, breeding pool and, um, watery grave, like far seek is insane for this deck. Um, yeah, you know. Right. So that's a concern. But but like I really like the idea of being able to play like, you know, Thrag Tusks are nice and big and they I mean they keep you in the game, you know, more than any card in standard right now has a right to keep you in. But between like Jace and Curse, like that just seems like a really good way to hold off a lot of aggro decks. Yeah, I can buy that. I mean I don't like playing a lot of expensive cards, you know. I like to play like um a lot of cheap cards and then like have my expensive cards matter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just like you hit your expensive card. the The problem is if you're playing a deck like like how I like to structure decks, and you're playing against against a deck that has a lot of expensive cards, you have to kill them because otherwise they're going to out expensive card you. Right. But if if they're not in like the, the position like that, they had a lot of cheap cards to get them to where they want to go at the same speed that you get there because you had all these cheap cards. The fact that they have a lot of expensive cards isn't necessarily an advantage for them because they can only play as many as you because they don't have like it's not like they have like. 14 mana because they have two sevens in their hand. They can only play as many as you. I mean, you might actually be able to play them much faster. Yeah. You know? This okay. is this is the card that I thought was really interesting. He's bringing the Drown Yard back because he wants to just Drown Yard out his opponents after locking up the board. Did you ever see my, uh, my Bug Battle deck? Yeah. My absolute favorite way to win is like, you know, you could cast like a demonic uh, tutor or whatever it is, like the Diabol tutor. Yeah. And then, like, your opponent's like, ha I can, I can handle this or whatever. They've got, like, a Ray of Revelation or something. But the card that you actually got was Primeval Titan. And then you, like, Titan for two Nefalia Drown Yards. And be like, all right, mid-range control deck, beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I have two Nefalia Drown Yards. They're like, what? Kill your Primeval Titan. I'm like, yeah, I expected that. And you expected me to get a battle. But guess what? I've got 200 cards left. How many of you got? <laughs> they never win. It's so fun. It's like... The app's like I told Baby Huey about it. He like literally went crazy. He was just like, "Wow, I just cannot imagine anything better than that." Is is this actually a deck, Mike? What? I think it's cool. You don't think it's cool? No, I, hey, I like these miracle token strategies probably more than the next guy. Why are people playing uh, Intangible Virtue? So insane right now. Like, look at all the cards it goes with. Like, if you want, like, second turn, in this deck, you go second turn, Farseek, third turn, Intangible Virtue, like, even Selesnya Charm. 
Yeah. Like, forget about it. You're like, call the cops. You have to call four four for two. With it's insane. And then like the Thrag Tusk. Like, kill my Thrag Tusk. Great. You know? Obviously with souls and everything, it's it, I mean, obviously like your entry the angels don't need to be that much better, but <laughs> But they are. But yeah, you know, better than your opponents you treat the angels, yeah. right? I think the card um Sundering Growth, is that the name of it? Yeah, the populate disenchant. Yeah, I think that card is underrated. Agree. Like, I mean, the idea of using that card with a Geist of St. Trax in play is actually like absurd to me. Yeah. Well, especially because like Detention Sphere is going to be a really big card, and I mean, like they banned Intangible Virtue for a reason. Like, if this sort of thing take, picks up, like Virtue is going to be one of the key cards for the match, right? Yeah, I think that the the interesting tension in Standard is going to be whether Sundering Growth is ever right to play. Because like main, main, like in the main no, no, deck, you mean as or a just, card? Okay. The reason is, like I said, I think it's underrated. But if the primary targets for it are like detention spheres, intangible virtues, etc., it's probably better to have a ray of revelation than to have a, a sundering growth. But what relevant artifacts are there? Are you going to play sundering growth over ray of revelation if the primary targets are all enchantments? On the off chance your opponent has one staff of nim, probably not. Probably but not, as I right. read from your article, if the upcoming format is going to have a shortage in playable artifacts, um, oh, so Rune Chantress, Pike of Witchbane, or from Innistrad block, a couple of key runes maybe, and the Staff and Inn, oh, and Trading Post, then yeah, you're right. So, but, I mean, we don't know what the format's actually going to look like. These are just the playables. Yeah. Right. You know, so like, I think that primarily the, sort, the, the targets are all going to be enchantments. If that's the case, Rare Revelation is probably better. Like, I mean, like, the ability to populate is, is potentially more powerful. If I cast an Armada Worm and then I populate, yeah, that's sweet. But, <laughs> but if, if, I, if I hold my Sundering Growth on turn two because I'm greedy and I really need to hit, and, you know, I really want to hit the populate on it, my opponent plays, like, uh, Lingering Souls, I'm sorry, sorry uh, an Intangible Virtue and says go, I'm probably not very good. <laughs> so what I should do, if I had, like, a Ray of Revelation, I just nug it and I have, like, my next one's already ready for me. You know, it's ready-made card advantage. You know, on the order of the popular that I might have gotten from the Sunday Growth anyway. Um, but you know, trading post could be a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will be. Like loss of worm coil engine is pretty substantial. Yeah, I think so too. Smiter. So KYT, tell me something. So does Google give you the technology to record these by itself? Yeah, yeah. And then you and then you extract the audio from it using what kind of technology? Um, well, you could either hold like have a recorder playing in the background, or I actually uh, before I leave for work, this I've been doing like the the really bad way is just I have it playing and I record and then I leave for work and come back, and then it's done. So I, I I'm doing it the prim, very primitive way. It's so primitive, I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I asked you a question, I just feel like it's clueless. No, I, like, I play the video and I record it. Like, I have to play the whole video again, basically. Oh, I see. And then you have, like, a record. You're, you're, you have an audio recorder that's right, extracting right. from the video you're playing? Right, but I'm pretty sure you can just probably find a program that could record now. Yeah. But uh, I think it has to be some, like, I have to set it up some way so that it only records I don't know, like for Skype you had to get a specific program, so I don't know. 
when, when me and BDM do stuff like that, we just like put it on the iPad, put the iPad on speakerphone, and then just like <laughs> record the speakerphone, <laughs> which is like pretty ghetto. But you love being ghetto. <laughs> I mean, it is my way. I'm just wondering. <laughs> What if I wanted to make a professional quality product? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so you haven't listened to any OMG. I'm actually sad. I'm actually, it's a good thing that I've blocked out the, the video because I'm crying. Literally tears <laughs> in my eyes. What? Sorry, I'm just trying sad. to like guilt the hell out of KYT. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's sad. It's on my to-do stash of many, many things. So what do you do in the car? You got better things to do than listen to Sensei? Really? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can cut taxes by 20%, not yet put any money on the on the deficit. Really? You can? <laughs> what about arithmetic? Yeah, I won't tell you about it. That's you. That is me. Oh, people are tweeting me? What are they saying? What do they want to hear about? Oh, it, was, it doesn't have to do with this. That's too bad. Uh, what guild do you guys think I am? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, Simic. Simic? Yeah, I might be a Simic. No, I, I made myself uh, Demir. You know, I am Demir. Blue wants all knowledge. Black wants all power. I mean, there's like, and there's no. Yeah, but you're like obsessed with green cards. No, Mike. I need to get as far away from green cards as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing farther away from the green cards than Demir. Tell Borderland Ranger I said what's up. No, no, we're we're divorced, me and Borderland Ranger. We're not together anymore. <laughs> I don't love. I stopped loving you. I can't just... quit you, Borderlanders. <laughs> I just can't quit you. I can't. I'm, I'm crying again, KYT. <laughs> crying over <laughs> the divorce from Borderlanders. Here. Um. So. No. No, Medina. What happened to Jay? He didn't like me anymore. I think, he's on, I think he's on strike. It's you okay. just, you, you see you walk out of your your newfangled podcast all the time? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Sweet all the man. time. But this is the first time he's been gone for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. Checking out the game? Probably not. I think he's just going to call it a night, a night. We should call it a night. We're not talking about anything anymore. It's true. We are getting on. So, Mike, uh, when are we? When, when are you going to join me on my stream? What do you think? When, when should we do this? I mean, when are you going to do the stream on a night that I can do it? I told hey, you when do I could it do it. Wednesday. He has movie club night. Saddens me. <laughs> it saddens you that I do this awesome thing that I love, <laughs> hang out with like awesome friends. That saddens yeah. me. That yeah. I've been doing for the last four years, yes. and like. Almost every week, almost every Wednesday. That saddens you that it's, you chose that night to put your thing. Brad Nelson picked a night to do Trainwreck Tuesdays when I was on the first Trainwreck Tuesday. It was the very first guest on Trainwreck Tuesday. Brad chose a night that he knew I could be on. 
BT dubs? Well, <clears throat> fiddle dee dee. So why don't you go up against Brad? You go up Tuesday night. <laughs> Actually, Brad's not doing anything right now because he's uh, preparing for Pro Tour. You got two open weeks if you take Tuesday instead. Just a thought. <laughs> so the Pro Tour is happening on the, the week of the 13th, right? The weekend of the 13th? Like it's next weekend? No, that's the Grand Prix, right? The team Grand Prix is that weekend. Oh, that's right. So we got to do our Pro Tour draft. Oh, Jesus. We're doing that again, aren't we? Um, all right. So, like, are you good? Hint. If you I mean, win, take John Finkel first pick. Yeah. <laughs> I did that last time, and then he fucking shit the bed. It was terrible. He, Anyways. Whoa, like, what do you mean by last time? Because in the 16-man tournament, he made top no, four. No, 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 no. The last time we did it. And then in Pro Tour Avison Restored, he made top eight. And Pro Tour Dark Ascension, it's been a while. <laughs> he made top four. <laughs> so I'm not sure. It was a while. It's been a while. The last time we did it was a while ago. I'm not really sure what you mean by he shit the bed. The last finish that I can remember by him that wasn't in the top eight was top 16 where he lost Estrati. <laughs> was it a GP? Did we do... He top 16 the GP that he played in last year too. <laughs> His worst finish last year was top 16 in any format that he played in. Was it Worlds? Oh, it, Worlds he did not top eight. That's correct. Yeah. You know no, that's what it was. It was Worlds Draft. Worlds, no, we did I mean, Worlds Draft and he was like my ago. number so, one pack one pick one. And it so was not it was, a good year. By the way, it was an additional year ago because of this yeah. last Worlds. Oh, <laughs> right. Worlds. No, I understand that. Yeah. That's, that was what it was. And he didn't play in like, he doesn't play in the like a national championship or something that's, that's beneath him. Yes, I know. But <laughs> he only played in that Grand Prix because it was like leading up to the Pro Tour. Yeah, so I forgot about that Worlds. I blocked it out. Yeah, that was the one. Um, all right, so let's we'll look at it for uh, for a weekend, I guess. I'll hit you up on a that works for you, right? So why do you guys have weird Thanksgiving? Why is your Thanksgiving in a weird time? Um, <laughs> chiefly, chiefly so that we don't. Uh, I, don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> you don't want to sync it up with shopping. What's your shirt say, Scotty Mac? Uh, Jace. It's a Blue Jays jersey. Why is it backwards? Uh, because my webcam is messed up. <laughs> It actually isn't backwards. Like it, it actually looks fine on the screen. From like, if I'm looking at it, it actually is right. Yeah. Anyways. Are you sure that you you you're not screwed up? Like your your eyes are in the wrong sockets. <laughs> like you, you get those reversed. I'm not sure. I don't know if they have surgery for that. It's like, like a. I'm, I'm not positive, thing. but I might have it on some good authority that I'm 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 okay. <laughs> Because otherwise, unless maybe I just read backwards. Maybe I'm terribly dyslexic, and I see everything. But your dyslexia is perfect. <laughs> Perfectly so up, upside down. So I'm going to give so shout-outs to Joe Dat, who says, Blue Jays suck. <laughs> you know what? You fucking moved here, Jody. You have to learn to get with the program, okay? Or we'll send you back to Halifax. <laughs> That's pretty good. Is this like intra- Intra-Canadian fighting? I don't understand this. Yes, it's like, in fighting. Go back to Halifax. <laughs> Alberta sucks. I'm just going to start naming places in Canada I've heard of. <laughs> I've heard of. <laughs> Quebec rules. No, it doesn't. Montreal rules. I'm, di- I'm tired of talking about Canada now. All right. So let's. Uh, so let's. How many just... colleges are there in Canada? The only one I know of is McGill. See, we don't do colleges hey, here in Canada. I went to McGill at least. We do colleges, but we also have separate. We have universities as well. 
So they're sort of like the same thing, except not. It's messed up. Sorry. McGill is not a college. McGill's a university. Yeah. What does that mean? You went there, you don't know. Great. It looks like your education was well spent. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know, like, I guess it's college. I just don't know the U.S. equivalent term. It was college. I was drunk the entire time. (laughs) What do you expect me to know? <laughs> KY, you weren't even drunk the entire time, were you? No. No, not no. at all, I bet. Not Look at all. you. Not once. No. We're drunk on Diet Cokes, maybe. <laughs> I'll have you know that I drank a full sugar Coke. <laughs> <laughs> not that diet nonsense. And it even had <laughs> caffeine in it. <laughs> not Coke Zero. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll call it a night, folks. Not Pepsi-free. I did want to ask you, Mike, um, before we call it a night, did you watch – I need to download it. Did you watch the the Batman uh, Returns? Is it it Batman Returns? Actually, this is embarrassing. Embarrassing. My sister invited me to the premiere of uh, of that movie at, at the Paley Center. It was like two weeks ago like before it came out and I just like for some reason I like read Rises and I'm like I've already seen this movie <laughs> oh. so, yeah so I haven't seen it yeah so I mean I mean I read the source material you know like obviously right many right. years ago by Frank Miller uh, and Lynn Barley but yeah I haven't seen it I heard it's good um yeah so it would have been awesome like the actual people who made the movie were there and stuff like that like so if you read the official Miser's guide you'll know that one of the inspiring moments that happens in uh, episode one is about when I go to see I go to the premiere of Kick Ass. Right, right, right. Uh, which is awesome. Also, going to movie premieres is awesome. Uh, you, other find that, why, you find out why Mike is who he is in that moment, as we so, know him. So the uh, uh, we can list other things that are awesome. Going to movie uh, premieres. You're going to movies in general. Generals are awesome. Well, some of them. The official Myers guy. Well worth $37, according to Mr. Scotty Mac. <laughs> Shoutouts to the official Myers guy. <laughs> Shoutouts to Lauren Lee, who edited the official Myers guy. Shoutouts to Pete Hoffling, who agreed to sell the official Myers guy. <laughs> I think that's all the shoutouts we need. <laughs> Just kidding. Shout out to Evan Irwin, who helped facilitate the official manager's guide. Shout out to Patrick Shapin, who brought me back to StarCityGames.com so I could write the official manager's guide. Shout out to Glenn Jones. What, apparently, what the- apparently, Kickass Two just fil- just finished wrapping. Uh, oh my God! Whoa, whoa, whoa! So many comments. Uh, Kickass Two just wrapped uh, production here in Toronto, and it's moving on to New York City now. Yeah. Yep. I hope it's good. I love Kick-Ass. one of my favorite movies. KYT, what's your opinion of Kick-Ass? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm not okay. sure if it's like near the top of my superhero type movies. Well, comic book adaptation movies? Right, 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 right. Comic book. Yeah, that's uh, what I was looking for. What's at your top? Road to Perdition? <laughs> no. Ghost World. <laughs> uh, let me think. The worst part, yeah, I've Crumb. seen these movies. Crumb. 
Dick Tracy. Tell me when I'm close. The Spirit. Uh, let me think. I can't. What, Sin what City. Else? Sin City. Like that one. Sin City. I like that. It was good. Uh, how about the yeah. Roger Corman Fantastic Four? The Wish. The Roger Corman Fantastic Four. No. The Angley Hulk. How about that one? <laughs> That's not even a movie. That's like uh, a turd on a disc. Well, they got the, uh, I, I got some. Do you ever see those like made for Japan Spider-Man movies from the eighties? Oh my <laughs> Where, like, god! Spider-Man has like a, a robot. He goes like, <laughs> it's like, I will fight you. Supposed to goes into like a Voltron robot. <laughs> yo yo yo! Spider-Man made in Japan. Gotta have a Voltron robot. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this this podcast has become nonsense. Let's, let's kill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, KYT is a Batman aficionado, full on like that. Batman. No- oh, so like the first Batman movie that has a great jet, right? It's like really realistic looking jet. That's, is that the one you like? <laughs> or perhaps do you like the one with the cod pieces? Is that the, the third? Oh, Batman the, movie? The, the Val Kilmer one with the cod pieces. Because really, that movie makes so much sense because you know the Riddler loses his memory, and I guess that means that every one of his henchmen that were also in the Batcave and in Bruce Bruce Wayne's house just they also lose their memory. It must yeah. be right. Yeah, uh, the explosion you, did it. Or do you like the uh, uh, the fourth one? Uh, when they where, put nipples on the bat suits. No, I mean, I was thinking more like when they're in a rocket ship, like in the stratosphere, and they just like fall back into Gotham City, and they just glide down with their capes. <laughs> Is that the one you like? No? No. That one had Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. That's Batman forever? Uh, Batman, Batman and Robin? And Robin. And Robin, and Robin. And Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman and somebody played Bane, but it wasn't Tom Hardy. No. That had a lot of people in it. It which, sucked. Which, which <laughs> one, I thought you were a Batman aficionado. Which one of those do you like? The best? Oh, do you like the 1963 movie Batman with the, Adam West? With the exclamation point at the end? <laughs> that one was good. No, KYT is, uh, is all into Batman Begins Call It a Day. Is still his favorite Batman flick. He confessed it to us not too long ago. Really? I actually thought Batman Begins was like the greatest genre movie of all time when I saw it in the theater. And then Dark Knight came out, and it was just no contest. I love origin stories, that's why. So. Yeah. I think Iron Man is actually holds up pretty well to uh, Batman Begins. Do you like Iron Man? I like Iron Man. It's a good movie. Yeah. I didn't like the Captain America movie. It was fine. It's because you're Canadian, bro. If you were American, you would have loved it. I. <laughs> Just in Canada. Cap is, <laughs> listen, Cap is one of my favorite all-time If like, they put a maple figures. leaf on that shield, you would have been like all over that movie. Like, yeah, die, Red Skull. I would not, have, I would not have been interested in a movie about, like, Guardian. Oh, like, or Vindicator. Like, I'm just not interested. It, what, what percentage of your audience knows who Alpha Flight is? Seriously. Well, I knew. I, I, I knew you knew, which is why I said it. I can tell by the fact that we're down to 19 viewers from 30 that it's about 19 of them. Yeah. Oh, back up to 20. Okay, let's call it quits. And when to go. We've been reviving this. Uh... I tried to kill it, bro. We <laughs> started talking about superheroes. Of course I'm going to talk yeah, about yeah, we got Or basketball. We got to cut you, it Okay, <laughs> so the last one I actually want to ask you, Mike, real quick yeah. before we let you go. Somebody in blah, uh 1007 made the comment. Apparently, Dread, the new Dread movie, was was actually pretty good. 
Oh, I heard it was good. Yeah, I've not seen it. You haven't seen it yet? The one I want to see is Looper. I heard that one's really good. I haven't seen it. I've heard the same. I've heard that movie's insane. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen Super 8. It's on, like, Netflix. It's embarrassing I haven't seen that one yet. Super, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I should do that, too. Let's have a project. Have you seen Battle Royale? No. It's on Netflix, and this this girl who works on my team is like, it's like her favorite movie, and I can't believe I haven't seen it. It's a comic adaptation from a Japanese uh, manga. It's like, Hunger Games is basically ripped off of Battle Royale. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, she's like, it's an amazing movie. You should watch it. So that's our project, Scotty and Nick. I have to, I have to double check, though. So I have to double check if it's actually on our Netflix, because our Netflix is different from your Netflix based on licensing. It's dumb, but there's a lot of stuff that I want to watch that I can't. Bro, but you work for the telecom. Netflix. You just yeah, like hack into an American no, I'm not wires. But I'm going to check right now, though. I'm actually I'm, I'm pulling up Netflix on my phone. Netflix. <laughs> According to that, it looks like it's the phone. <laughs> I, 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 it's, 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 it is it's the reversed. Samsung. It's this. It's the Galaxy Note. It's a phablet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's it called? Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. What is that? An iPhone? Yeah. Come on, I'm part of the Apple family. I have an iPhone too. Did you get it from Doug P? No. When Doug P got the job with the Apple Store, I was like, yo, Doug P, can I have an iPad? Because at the time, like, no one could get an iPad, too. Like, even in New York, they were sold out, like, every time. You don't no have luck, Battle Royale. No luck on the Battle Royale. Did he hook you up? Me? Yeah. Yeah, he sent me a Canadian iPad, too. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. I can buy my own iPad, too. Yeah, that's reverse, dude. I need like I need Zatanna to to read that. <laughs> Anyways, all right, I will exit this application. Yes, I will. Thank you for coming. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it. Have an excellent, excellent uh, night and enjoy the rest of your day if you're listening to this during the day. Uh, we have some unfathomably unreal, never in a million years did we think we would ever have it happen, guests that are coming out uh, after 100. So we're lining up those people for the end of the month, and uh, it's, it's going to be insane. So lots and lots of good stuff in store. I promise uh, we don't just leave you out to dry. So uh, take it easy, and we will see you all... Catch you on the flip side. And don't forget, buy the OMG. Keep smiling. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Good night.